This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's up, everybody? Let's do this. Game day for the Winnipeg Jets and lots to get to on today's edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Thanks for being with us. Shout out to everyone joining us live on YouTube and a big thanks to everyone making WST a part of their day on the drive home or later on on the podcast. Um, we have lots to get to today. Uh, of course, we'll be talking about the, I mean... Stunning, shocking. I don't even know if I have the right words to describe the Kyle Beach interview with Rick Westhead that I'm sure just about everyone has seen already from yesterday's edition of TSN Sports Center. Uh, we'll be talking about that. Ramifications for you know the National Hockey League, the Blackhawks, and of course the latest on uh, Kevin Chevaldeoff's situation as he awaits his meeting with Commissioner Gary Bettman coming up on Monday in New York City. Uh, Dustin Nielsen's also going to pop by. Always love chatting with Dusty. Uh, we'll uh, get his thoughts on uh, what's going on in the National Hockey League as well. Um, certainly, he's been calling a lot of bomber games. Um, we'll uh, ask him about just how impressive this team is looking heading into the final three games of the season, albeit on the bye week this week, and uh, maybe even get into uh, a little preview of the lock shop tomorrow as we uh, hope to keep our heater going. Again, if you've never seen the lock shop or heard it, uh, we do it Tuesdays and Fridays, but best bet is just to go on to wherever you're getting the Winnipeg Sports Talk podcast, put in lock shop, hit subscribe. We'll have a new episode tomorrow getting ready for week eight in the National Football League. Uh, before we get going, I have to thank the people that make this show happen, and that is our great family of sponsors, including Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Canadian Club, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, and of course our betting partner, Cool Bet Canada. A busy night in the National Hockey League as well. We'll get to some Cool Bet lines and uh, everything happening tonight as well as Thursday night football a little bit later on. Uh, but uh, let's get to it and welcome in Michael Remus before Ken Weeb joins us to talk Jets and much more in a few minutes on the program. Uh, Remo, what's up? How are you? I'm feeling great. I guess I'm a big star now, right? I, wanted, I got <laughs> quoted in the, in the Athletic making making headlines here, but yeah, I'm looking forward what to... What a quote. Yeah, what a quote. We can get, we'll get to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to the show. Uh, we have Jets hockey tonight, a lot of late games. I did watch the Oilers... Um, the Oilers Flyers yesterday, which uh, was was a pretty entertaining game, as well as the Blackhawks Leafs, and of course, uh, I can't remember an edition of Sports Center that was like stop what you're doing and watch. Uh, and I, I I don't really watch Sports Center anymore because you know they're banned. They're banned from your dial, the entire yeah, network. <laughs> well, I have to watch the Jets games, but uh, I don't know highlight shows. I don't know if there are there as um, you know, in in 2021. But as far as news show, um, that was it. And that Kyle Beach interview. I mean, how could you not sit there and get extremely emotional? Um, I don't know if we were starting with that. I think you kind of we kind of have to. But yeah, I'm I'm doing okay. But I was pretty I was pretty rattled after that. Yeah, no, I was too. Yeah, we'll have. I mean, if you check my Twitter, an epic quote from Michael Remus on the current state of the radio business in Sean Fitzgerald art, uh, Sean Fitzgerald's article. He was doing a little feature on Sakaris and Price and what they're doing, and now, uh, you know, made mention of our operation here and uh, what we've been doing since TSN shut down. And uh, Remo got a couple of quotes in, which. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> should I pull? I'll, should I pull it up right now? Here, do you want me to pull this up? So yeah, okay, yeah, let's do that because uh, this will be discussed later on with Dustin Nielsen, well, who I will say is holding it down about as well as anybody could on AM radio right now with the current state of the industry, albeit they're self-financing their own ratings promo and they're giving away used DVDs that he does will not be watching anymore as well as um, a whole bunch of self-finance things. So uh, um, anyways, Dusty's the best. He's got a very bright future. His partner, Lieutenant Eric, one of the most talented guys, uh, but yes, here is the here's the <laughs> here's the quote um, referring to sports talk, uh, Winnipeg sports talk. After eight almost eight months, he said they've recorded nearly one million combined podcast downloads and YouTube views, getting very close to the million. We'll make a big deal out of that when it happens. Here's the quote: People say that I'm I, I'm going to try to do this in Remus's voice too. Oh, People say that I miss traditional radio. Said Remus, "I'm like guys, radio is gone. It's dead." End quote. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll, I'll give you the backstory. So I had a post on LinkedIn, and I don't usually post on LinkedIn. Um, you know, it's a business, you know, social network where everyone just talks about. I thought that was a dating app. No, no. <laughs> just joking. You're going to have to get on there now. Because, I'm not on it either. Because though. of LinkedIn, I was quoted in this. I, you so, know what? You're right. You're LinkedIn, right. It was a great. You know, yeah. we don't have a PR department. It was no. basically a random LinkedIn post that got that uh, got us so, included in the article. Yeah, everyone's on LinkedIn just talking about how great they are at their job. And I never felt that I had anything to share on there. And I, we started this up. I was like, okay, maybe I'll post something once in a while. Tell everyone uh, how great I'm doing. And so I had this post, and I was like, you know what, we're closing in on a million views. I built this new studio office in my basement. Sure, I'll make a post. You know, it got an extremely positive reaction. You know, a lot of different people liking it and commenting, which I was very appreciative and, and a bit overwhelmed by. And then Sean saw it, and he said, hey, you know, I'm doing a story on Sakaris and Price because they're just opening a new studio. Um, can I interview for you for this? And I said, you know, no one's ever asked me to interview for anything. Usually I'm asking other people. I was pretty honored that you know, I respect Sean's work that he asked me and he asked me about the quote and the full quote was, I was just saying, you know, we have people in chat say that they miss the radio. And I was like, I mean, I said, I compared it to when Apple removed the headphone jack. Everyone was really upset about it. And a couple of years later, no one's talking about it. And I think this is just removing the headphone jack just maybe a bit earlier than you'd like. And everyone's adapting and adjusting. And our downloads, our podcast downloads are increasing, you know, we're hitting new highs every week. We hit a new high um, on Tuesday. And our YouTube views are getting more, and we're approaching a million combined downloads plus views. So it's an exciting time, and I guess we'll have to get. I'll have to post on LinkedIn and tell everyone how awesome we are. Yeah, just post the quote. Just, just post. Uh, <laughs> just post. And sorry, sorry to all my uh, colleagues who still work in radio. I guess right. Hey, sorry, there's still Dusty. a lot of pe- there's still a lot of people doing great things in yes. uh, in radio. But I mean, the industry is completely different now. There's no doubt about it. And um, you know what? Hey. You know, we got a kick in the ass and whatever in February and, uh, you know, gave this thing a shot. And I guess first things first, I mean, you know, without our sponsors and most importantly, the people that yes. are with us every day, this isn't happening right now. So, um, you know, we do have a great amount of gratitude to all of you. We appreciate the support. And uh, it was good to get that out. I mean, bottom line is we're doing this here in Winnipeg. We're focused on Winnipeg. We're focused on the Winnipeg teams um, and we'll continue to do so. Uh, but we still do have the opportunity 
with the channel as we've grown it um, to do some more things outside of what we're doing on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Uh, but right now, we want to make sure that we're keeping this going on a daily basis right now with uh, the latest uh, and a place for Winnipeg sports fans to come through. And I know most people probably consume this on the podcast, certainly with the, the numbers that we see. Um, but the people that are with us every day when we do the show live from one to three um, have created a whole nother community in the live chat with some great characters and people that we love seeing every day. And I'm always paying attention to what's going on over there uh, and some great discussions as well. Now, and this is sort of a transition from a bit of a fun way to start the program to the serious stuff that we do have to get to that you mentioned, Reem, um, because you know, while when we're joking about, you know, the the Jets and the Bombers and, you know, obviously the Bomber conversations have all been just about unanimously positive, with the exception of Wayne Jones, who I know is here, who for whatever reason still takes shot at our guy, Mike O'Shea. Um, and obviously the Jets are a polarizing team. Um, you know, there's many polarizing topics. I shouldn't say as much a polarizing team. Um, but I mean, that's all about, oh, you know, who should be on the first line? Uh, you know, should Maurice break up Shifley, Wheeler and Connor? Um, you know, uh, should they be playing seven defensemen? I mean, all those sort of just fun sports talk conversations. But all of that is secondary right now to what is happening. And it's a reckoning um, in the National Hockey League, in the sports world, starting in Chicago with the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, and everyone that was involved in that team. And it goes right from the top to John McDonough, Stan Bowman out, of course, um, still waiting to hear what happens with Joel Quenville, who stunningly was actually on the bench yesterday for the Florida Panthers. I mean, the optics on that, um, frankly, unbelievable. And um, Winnipeg Jets general manager Kevin Shemaleoff, who's going to be having a meeting with Gary Bettman on Monday. And I think that the fate of both of those individuals would be up in the air, to say the least. But this isn't about them. This is about Kyle Beach. And the incredible courage that he's shown throughout this to come forward, to come forward initially. I mean, when this event happened 11 years ago was commendable. And the way he was treated, the way he was um, left alone um, is, I mean, one of the great disgraces in the history of the National Hockey League. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And, uh, you know, watching that yesterday, you mentioned Remus. I mean, I was absolutely stunned. And I'm sure a lot of people uh, that are with us right now in the chat probably felt the same way. Uh, I was finishing up a bunch of stuff after the program, doing a little bit of work on the other side of things. Well, you got the pods up. Uh, I was listening to O-Dog and the guys, you know, whatever, talk about the Leafs sucking on overdrive and having some fun. And I usually back that up. So I'm not, you know, anyways, it was getting close to five and they made mention. And we already knew that John Doe was going to reveal himself in an interview with Rick Westhead. Um, so I, like you, made a point of turning Sports Center on right at five o'clock. Um, Laura Dyken opened um, turned it over to Rick and I like everyone sat there in stunned silence watching Kyle Beach talk about what had happened to him what the last 11 years had been like what the effect that that had taken on him and and the way that it was um, mismanaged uh, back in 2010 and what that did to the rest of his career and really his life and um, 
I, I, I was stunned. I'm still not really over it, to, to be honest. Um, last night, I was planning on doing a few things. I didn't do a damn thing. I sat there. I looked at the television. I had a game on. I didn't put the sound on. I was reading every article I could. I mean, the people that have been reporting on this, the people that have actually been on this, and Rick Westhead, top of the list. Um, you know, I've never claimed. In fact, I've been quite clear. I'm not a journalist. I have no journalism background. I mean, I'm a sports nerd. I'm an entertainer. And I'm someone that has a lot of fun doing what we do every day. But I'm not a journalist. I mean, I'll try and ask the questions that I think need to be asked when I have a guest on to, to do that. But... I mean, the the, the journalism of, of, the, of the real journalism is a higher level that has, um, you know, it takes the right person that has the courage. And, and the, we're going to talk a lot about courage. The courage of Kyle Beach to come forward. The courage of Rick Westhead to probably continue butting heads as he tried to get this story, um, you know, is, it, you know, it is commendable. And then there was another, a bunch of other people. I mean, Katie Strang at The Athletic deserves a lot of credit. And then there's a lot of questions, to be honest, about the guys that, um, you know, guys that I have, I'm on good terms with and have had, you know, great conversations with over the years as to where have they been through all of this. And, um, you know, you mentioned Sakaris and Price. It was a very interesting, um, you can maybe go to their, their Twitter feed if, if you'd like to hear it. Um, Drag, Darren Drager was on with them yesterday and, and Matt asked him, um, you know, about the, you know, where have the insiders been on all of this? I mean, how did this sort of just come out? And it's been Rick Westhead um, doing all of the all of the work. And it was uh, it was a difficult question, I think, for Dregs. I appreciated his honesty in answering it. Um, first and foremost, effusive praise for the work that Rick's done. Uh, but it has seemed like there's been a real disconnect. And, and I think it's part of a bigger conversation about, you know, this hockey world, how people get to the spots that they've been in, how they maintain these relationships. And and what takes a back seat to some of that? And obviously with what's happened to Kyle Beach, uh, it has been a, an egregious oversight of uh, many people not doing the right thing. Now, um, I'm hesitant to jump to the conclusions that many have before hearing people out. Um, and I do want to hear from Kevin Sheveldayoff. I'd like to hear from Mark Chipman as well. And, you know, I know Mike McIntyre's got an article in Free Press that came out last night saying that, you know, the True North, you know, believes that Kevin Sheveldayoff has been forthright um, and, you know, has has told them everything that he knew. And, and I guess we can look at these statements and we're going to talk about it with Ken coming up. I um, mean, these were done by lawyers. I mean, this is a very serious. I mean, I understand, you know, getting legal counsel on something like this because it is an incredibly serious and, and in some cases, not necessarily for Chevy, um, but there are some people that probably their negligence could borderline on being criminal because of what happened afterwards with Bradley Aldrich. Um, so it, it's a horrible, horrible situation. And we'll talk about the aftermath of this. But right off the bat of the program, the thing that I think everyone needs to do is recognize what Kyle Beach has done coming forward, telling his story um, because as he mentioned, the toughest thing to watch of that entire interview was when Rick was asked, you know, if he had any regrets and he apologized to the, the victims that came after him. There's a lot of people that have apologizing to do. Kyle Beach isn't one of them. And yet there it is, the victim shouldering that sort of, uh, that sort of burden afterwards. And I said it yesterday on Twitter, the way this has been handled, 
uh, is as reprehensible as maybe anything that I've heard in sports. Um, you know, there's been a bunch of, I mean, the U.S. gymnastics, as Remus talked about yesterday, certainly would be right up there. Um, and, you know, we think back of the culture of silence on things that Hamilton worked on through the stain in the game series on Graham James. I mean, it, it all comes back to, um, you know, covering up people taking care of themselves first, looking out and, and forgetting about the people that, you know, many of them were there to protect. So I, um, I've got incredible respect for the people that have brought this to the forefront. And I think maybe some of us look at some things a little bit differently. Um, you know, when it comes to the media, when it comes to the hockey world, when it comes to the relationships. And, and I know there's a lot of people right now, uh, because I'm hearing it nonstop, that are uncomfortable with, um, you know, with just being a fan, with supporting the league, with supporting the teams the way they do. And uh, the one thing I'll say about Kyle Beach, he's a hero for a number of reasons, but one of them is that there undoubtedly, there has to be significant and lasting change coming out of this. Um, Remo, let me ask you this, because Kenny's going to come on in just a second. We're going to get to this, and we will talk about the game tonight. Eric Comrie looks like he's going to be making his first start for the Winnipeg Jets tonight. But, I mean, Remo, when you watch that, um, and it was over, what what did you do? How are you feeling? I mean, I just sat back in literally stunned silence for probably 10 or 15 minutes, uh, just, you know, trying to wrap my head around what I had because, because we read a lot of the horrible details in the, in the report, but it takes on a whole nother level when you actually hear from the victim, um, you know, speak from the heart about what he'd gone through. And uh, I'll tell you what, that ramped up, I, I think, a lot of the heat on some of the people that are still in this story that their fates haven't been determined. And one of those, of course, is Kevin Sheveldayoff, along with Joel Quenville, who unbelievably was on the bench last night in the NHL. And uh, that's another thing we'll talk about a little later on. Yeah, I watch it with uh, with my wife. And, I mean, you had to sit still. You couldn't move. Um, you got emotional. I mean, it was it was a difficult watch, but something you have to see in it. It's hard to believe that a league that you know we've all watched for a long time, that you know you care about, that you follow, um, could turn their back uh, on someone who needed help. And for him to describe what it was like watching Brad Aldrich, you know, celebrate with the Stanley Cup at the parade or have his day with the cup, while no one seemed to care about his feelings extremely disappointing. I mean, this is such an avoidable thing to, you know, that, that it didn't, it didn't need to happen. And hearing him talk about, you know, his emotions towards the other victim who was 16 years old and him having regret for not doing more. And then you hear um, his conversations with the doctor who tried to get, you know, tell him that, you know, it was his own fault for that. Um, oh, th and that I think, guy. And I mean, that, that, there, there could be criminal charges yeah. on him. I, I did see that they're looking back into that and, from yesterday. So, the, and the again, mental skills coach. And again, this is why people struggle so hard um, to come forward. And then I was just scrolling Twitter after seeing, you know, the outpouring of support from him. And I saw a number of, um, you know, people who were involved in the Larry Nasser lawsuit, uh, Ali Raisman, the gymnast, and who was Rachel Denhalder, who kind of started that thing going, everyone in support. And it's, I mean, it's pretty over, overwhelming. And I, again, I'm not, I don't want to downplay anything, um, you know, that happened to him, but I'm just, just seeing this all go down. It's, it's 
it's very the whole thing is extremely sad and it was just so avoidable and it it really didn't need to happen and it's just that's the toughest part to understand like why like there will be yeah. good that comes out of this mm-hmm. um but it's because of the of of the work of the Rick Westheads and it's because because of the courage of the Kyle Beaches and it sure as hell has nothing to do with anybody that was part of that 2010 Stanley Cup champion team other than Kyle Beach um, all right, we're going to get to Ken Weeb coming up in just a minute. There is a Jets game tonight, Jets and L.A. Kings. Uh, of course, Kenny and Rennie, and a busy day for the KNR boys because they are going to be coming up right after we are finished live on YouTube at 3 o'clock. So for everyone watching live on YouTube, make sure you stick around and just head over to the channel. Um, and then the guys will be uh, doing another late shift tonight. And yes, as I said, I am filling in for one Ren on Ken and Ren Saturday night. Uh, before that, do you want to thank our friends at Culligan Water, newest sponsor on Winnipeg Sports Talk, family-owned locally here in Winnipeg for 65 years, quenching the thirst and hydrating the community. The Culligan man and Culligan has been the go-to people for everything to do with water for your business and your family for 65 years. Water softeners and filters, whole home systems, drinking water systems, bottled water coolers and bottle-free coolers, not to mention water delivery services citywide, and commercial and industrial water products and solutions for your business. Um, Water is such an important part of being healthy and going forward uh, with your life and taking care of those around you. You need to drink it. Get the best from Culligan. They're at 1200 Sargent Avenue, 694-5180. You can find them online at drinkculligan.com. Crazy weather today, foggy. It almost looked like that ice fog that we get in the winter when it gets real cold. It's not real cold yet, but you know that's coming just around the corner. Uh, And again, don't be that guy that waits till it's minus 35 to realize, God damn it, I need a new battery. Be proactive and uh, do it with the best. The battery experts and the locally owned business that will give you the best price on a battery regardless of uh, what you need. Automotive batteries, $89.50 with Core Exchange or delivered within city limits, $109.50 with a $15 recycling rebate when the core is returned. Uh, And it's much more than just automotive batteries, uh, boat batteries, sled batteries, uh, literally anything that needs a charge. Manitoba batteries got you hooked up, but make sure you have covered all your bases heading into the winter. Find them at 1026 Logan. You can call them at 783-8787 or online at manitobabattery.com. They'll come to you and save you money and time from hitting up any of those big box stores. Um, and hey, before we get Ken in, had a great, I uh, was down at Vita Health this morning, meeting a good friend of mine uh, and was mentioning, he's a regular listener of the program and, um, you know, had mentioned, you know, I was going to the game. I realized I didn't have a jersey. Well, I've been listening on the program. I went down to Royal Sports and, you know, hadn't been in a while and could not believe just what an incredible store is and the amount of selection. He's in operations. He's those, they got so much stuff. I don't know how they handle it, but I'll tell you what, if you're a sports fan, there is no better place than Royal. An incredible selection of bomber gear right now. Jerseys, of course, the Jets season underway. All sorts of Jets merchandise, NFL, CFL, Major League Baseball, NBA. It's all there, but it's not just merch. They've got King Skate, Snow and Surf with some really cool stuff. Massive snowboard sale last week. All of that stock is in. And, of course, they are the hockey superstore for over 35 years in Winnipeg. It's Royal Sports. 
the OG 750 Pemina Highway. Pop down and see him and tell him your friends at Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. All right, let's get to uh, the Jets. Um, and, of course, the biggest story in all of sports uh, with Chris Beach's interview yesterday with Ken Weeb of Sportsnet and, of course, one half of Kenny and Rennie, who will be on following us 3 p.m. today on YouTube. Weber, what's going on? How are you? I am. Uh, I'm doing uh, pretty well, Huss. Uh, obviously, much like you, a lot to digest here in the last uh, little bit. I mean, uh, I commend the incredible courage, as you have already mentioned, but uh, I wanted to to say too i mean i just uh you know i'm so impressed by uh what kyle beach was able to do in stepping forward and sharing his story it was gut-wrenching it was emotional it was um so many things uh i mean i know you mentioned a lot of the incidents uh how about the him sharing what his mother felt like the guilt oh. of a parent and uh the fact that kyle beach is saying sorry is is, is sad quite frankly uh, it, it is, it, you know, it is impressive that he takes ownership of what happened to future victims, but he has nothing to apologize for. Uh, the system failed him dramatically, and that system needs to be changed, and people need to support him and help him as he moves forward. And uh, I think that's something that I was very impressed by the outpouring of support for him, uh, for him from people like Sheldon Kennedy, uh, you know, Todd Holt, people that were, you know, in swift current and that have gone through similar things. So it, it just can't be that hollow. We can't ever let this happen again. That's true. But the fact that Sheldon Kennedy has to come on and, and, and say, you know, this wasn't supposed to happen again after I came forward and now it happened again. So to me, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, there's so many layers and, and so much to unpack, but uh, I am so impressed by what beach was able to do yesterday. And I, and also too, as you touched on, I mean, just extraordinary work um, by people like Rick Westhead, like Katie Strang, who I'm proud to say I've known her for a very long time. She's an incredible human being to go along with one of the best, um, reporters that digs into the subjects that are not very comfortable. And yeah, I mean, I, I listened to what you said. I mean, you know, people in, you know, we cover the game. Uh, people need to do more. I mean, uh, I don't think this was an elaborate cover up by members of the media, but uh, I think it's important that uh, everyone, you know, does their part to make sure that uh, people are held to account and that, uh, you know, some of the standards that we think need to improve get to a place where they do improve. You know what? I mean, a lot of this talk is about the culture of hockey and what needs yep. to change to prevent this from hearing again. And, you know, what? there has been a ton of people stepping up and, you know, supporting Kyle Beach publicly through something as simple as just, you know, a tweet. We stand with you, Kyle, you know, yep. that on social media. Deafening silence from the current members of the National Hockey League, I must say. Yeah, I mean, I would say the, you know, there's there's a lot of legally. has there been one active player that said anything publicly really supporting Kyle Beach? I haven't seen it. Well, I think today there'll be more of that that you would hear today. I think uh, Tyson Berry I saw was quoted somewhere. Uh, I believe Daniel Nugent Bowman had something with him, and uh, I would I mean first and foremost I think yesterday at the time it was happening yesterday there weren't. I mean, I think you saw Alex Debrinkit say things like this is something that needed to be done in terms of the removal of some of the people in Chicago. But uh, I would expect we hear from a lot more players today uh, in terms of voicing their support and things of that nature. But uh, for sure, I mean, I think that, you know, 
Kyle, Kyle Beach is someone who needs support. And I think you're going to see a lot of people moving forward to do whatever they can to help support him. Because as we mentioned, the, the system failed him and um, to see him speak so rawly and emotionally about some of those, you know, people that didn't step forward to him that, that quite frankly should have, whether that be the NHLPA doctors or, or, or other people, whether it be teammates, whether it be organizations, whether it be certain individuals. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. failed by the entire system, Huss, and that, and that's part of the problem. So that that's what needs to be changed. And how we get to the point of those things changing, that requires a lot further discussion. But it can't just be window dressing. Actual appropriate actions need to be taken. And until that happens, uh, I think there will be a lot more questions that are being asked and, and quite frankly, must be asked. You know, I, I, I keep coming back to this. And again, I mean, you played at a much higher level. I did some minor hockey and, you know, played through my teens and then, you know, was off doing other things. So, I mean, I was never playing at a level, you know, where, you know, you were you know, really, it was more, it was fun. It was more recreational. It wasn't really that competitive. My brother was a very different story. He was a good player, played in Europe for a while. You did the same. But the one thing from being around hockey people, I mean, you hear this from top to bottom, you know, young people, what they're being told when they're playing, you know, pro, pro athletes and certainly people within the game that, you know, it's all, you know, character is so important. Courage yeah. is so important. And I mean, honestly, my takeaway is that like all of that has been BS. <laughs> I mean, for for so much for us focusing on that sort of thing, like where was the character, where was the courage of so many people at every level? And I mean, the, the Hawks and that management group is taking the most heat as they should because that was where it started. Blackhawks players are certainly, you know, mentioned in that report, the way they treated their teammate, which was disgraceful and reprehensible. Um, and even going to the NHLPA and Donald Fair put out, you know, in the cloak of darkness, midnight, put out a tweet last night, you know, take saying that, you know, it was unacceptable that, you know, the doctor didn't come forward, even though there is some client privilege. But I, I have to say, Ken, I mean, I I've always heard these people talk about hockey culture. And, you know, I've sort of been here there for the conversation because there's been some things that have rubbed me the wrong way. But for a sport that provides itself, that prides itself on courage and character, how there could be such a void from literally so many people and in every level, to me, is something that um, it, it certainly gives a lot more credence to many of those complaints that a lot of people from outside the game have been having for years. Yeah, for sure. And I would also say, I think our, our friend Patrick Williams had a, had a good tweet yesterday about it too. And that whole, you know, it's easy to call someone a bust and say, what's wrong with this guy? How come he oh. never made it? Like, let's, this is, this is the extreme example, but there's a lot of things happening in a lot of people's lives. So let's just tread a little bit more carefully in how we rush to judgment on what kind of character someone has or, or why they didn't pan out. I mean, this is, and this is just one of many, many examples, but uh, I mean, accountability and, and building a culture, those things are important for winning teams, but let's not forget the humanity element and treating people better and being good human beings. I mean, you got to be that first and foremost. And, and I think that uh, is something that, uh, you know, will be brought forward as, as we move along here.
Now, I do want to get to the game and a couple of the other things around this, but we've got to speak about yep. Kevin Sheveldayoff right now. And For sure. Um, you know, I mean, you had, a, I think, a very fair piece um, that was out, I guess, early yesterday, um, certainly before the Beach interview came out. And I thought you handled it, you know, well, um, you know, saying there are a lot of questions. We need to hear from Kevin Sheveldayoff. He's going to be speaking with the commissioner. Right now, we've had two lawyered up statements, essentially, yep. and that's been it from Sheveldayoff. And I'm sure that those were probably done very carefully with people that knew what they're doing. And I, I listen, I do understand why they're dealing with legal counsel right now because of the seriousness of this. I couldn't help but think that the interview, like everything sort of changes once you really hear from the victim. Um, and I guess my question for you is right now, does what we heard from Kyle Beach change anything with Kevin Sheveldayoff and maybe your thoughts on, where the Winnipeg the Winnipeg Jets general manager's situation right now heading into his meeting with Gary Bettman, as well as just the 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 public image of him, this hockey team, True North Sports and Entertainment, um, you know, considering what we've learned in the past week. Yeah, I think it's it's essential that Kevin Sheveldayoff puts a human element on his uh, his position, on what he knew, what who he told, what has been done since. Um, all of those things are of essential importance. Um, uh, we understand why the statement was handed out. We understand, uh, you know, the, what the lawyer would advise. Uh, as I wrote, um, I think this is a situation where, you know, the lawyer is telling you, you know, to be vague intentionally, probably. Uh, but I think he needs to provide some important answers. And after that, I think Mark Chipman uh, will have a responsibility to share why he is either, um, standing by his general manager or if there is another decision that is made. So to me, I think it's, it's essential for those two to both be speaking publicly. I'm not sure that they will do so. I, I expect they would do so, but um, it's important that, I mean, here are two things for the, for the people who, you know, wanted immediate dismissal. I think that Kevin Sheva, Mike wrote this and I think that it's obviously fair and accurate. I think that, the way True North is viewing it is Kevin Sheveldayoff was forthcoming with them. If she- if Sheveldayoff lied about his role to True North, I think there would have already been a move made. Uh, and secondly, Huss, what does the NHL think? What is the you know what are their thoughts? What are the other owners' thoughts uh, on on the matter and and how things will proceed? I mean, obviously, we know the Joel Quenville meeting is happening this afternoon. Uh, does that does that have any impact on the next decisions that are made? I'm not sure, but uh, it'll be very interesting to see how things are handled moving forward. And as I'm as we both have said, there are more questions that need to be answered, and um, the the people that can provide those answers, you know, are Kevin Sheveldayoff, and I think to a degree Mark Chipman. Yeah, and I mean Mark as the uh, I mean he will be speaking to how his organization is handling this going yep. forward. I mean obviously he's got nothing well, and he may have some comments on you know what this means going forward for the hockey world and some lessons to be learned from it and he's a very respected individual in this community and I think people will listen to it. But I mean as far I mean this is basically about Kevin Sheveldayoff's survival as the general manager of the the Winnipeg Jets. This this particular topic. The big topic is far greater than one individual. For sure. And 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 I'm here for the fact that he was, you know, the low guy on the ladder um, in that meeting. And I realized it was a difficult situation. And I, I've thought a lot about this. Um, and again, I'm not sure if you've gone through the entire um, uh, the entire report. 
The one thing that is somewhat unclear, and I think that will come out, is how much detail of what had happened came into that meeting. Um, because it, it doesn't seem, like I have a hard time imagining if everything we learned in that report was coming out in that meeting, I mean, then absolutely everyone should be, uh, I don't think there's a place in the game for people that would turn a blind eye to that in the hopes of just whatever, putting it off and winning a Stanley Cup, especially with everything that happened afterwards, him getting a day with a cop, him being there with all those things. Um, but I do wonder, um, you know, if, if that will change anything in the minds of people if they didn't have all the information. And uh, and then you're putting myself in that situation. You know, if you're the if you're the low guy on the ladder, um, you're on your way to the cup final. You're relatively new in your job. And you've been told by your boss and the guy running everything that they're taking care of it. I mean, at least in the short term, I think you would have confidence that that was being done. Um, so, I mean, it's a horrible situation for him, uh, you know, as well, but absolutely can. I mean, when you look at the way it was handled going forward and what happened to Chris Beach afterwards, and, you know, certainly, I mean, he played again in Rockford the next year. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, you know, Kevin Chevaldev had another year, the assistant GM before he became the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. And, and that was a year that, you know, I was reading yesterday, a report, uh, sorry, Kyle Beach, um, the, um, Kyle Beach played there on Rockford um, the next year, and there was a report from one of the coaches that it seemed like he was still having some issues with the Bradley Aldridge, with the thing that happened with Brad last year. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of questions about how it was handled afterwards with the victim as opposed to just turning the other way. So, um, I mean, I don't know. There's some real tough questions uh, tough questions to be asked, and I'm with you from your piece yesterday, man. I think before anything happens going forward when it comes to representing this hockey club and to a greater extent this community on the world stage, um, those do need to be answered. Yeah, for sure. And and, and this isn't just about, uh, you know, Twitter reaction. It's about how things move forward on a lot of levels. Uh, you know, what is the greater, you know, what, what do fans of the Jets think? I mean, um, all of those things need to be considered for sure. But ultimately, it's up to, you know, it's up to True North to do what, what they believe is the right thing moving forward. Um, Ken... There was a lot of tone deaf comments in the in the league yesterday. I mean, yeah. Dave Tippett was asked uh, about it, and he said, "Oh, I don't want to comment. I've got some good friends over there." And I mean, that that that's exactly, I think, in a lot of ways, what has prevented you know the truth coming out and these sort of things before people protecting each other's and. Listen, Jonathan Taves, an incredible hockey player. I mean, he's a legend in Chicago. Um, but man, I think his image took a bit of a tarnish yesterday too, when you know he spent the time talking about, you know, how great Al McNeil and Stan Bowman were um, afterwards. Um, and then there's Duncan Keith. Um, I mean, I don't think there's many people that thought Duncan Keith was being entirely truthful yesterday at his uh, interview. What do you make of the situation of the former Blackhawks that are still in the league right now? What we have heard from them and what we haven't, or, or what they're saying now, eleven years after the fact. Yeah, I mean, there's probably some revisionist history going on and on some fronts for sure. And I think this just goes back to the to the hockey culture. Uh, I think it's it's easy for for folks to say wave a magic wand and make this all go away. This is just another example of the you know the full you know the full scale changes that are required uh, in order to make these changes effective and so that they can move forward. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, you're, I mean, there's just how do you get people? How do you get 
How do you get people to value the truth and doing the right thing over protecting people that have helped them? Sure. That maybe I mean, they owe one too. For sure. But I think it's just, uh, you know, it's the, 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 you know, this has been ingrained for a long time. So it's, it's hard to imagine, you know, this is the same system that failed. Uh, Kyle Beach is, is what these players were brought up in. It's what the, you know, coaches, managers, all of them, like, that's why the changes need to be happening. And it's, it's not going to happen overnight is what I'm saying. And I'm not saying they sweep it under the rug. I'm saying it's going to take people digging in and putting in the work required uh, in order to to create those kind of environments where this this stuff just simply can't happen, people must be able to feel comfortable coming forward. And you know, first of all, you shouldn't have to deal with it to begin with. But if you do, there have to be things in place where you can come forward and know that, um, you know, that's the other part. Beach having to explain that he has no personal relationship with Brent Sopel and Nick Boynton. I don't have them in my phone. This is not something where I had to coerce someone to believe me and to tell me that it was the truth. And it wasn't my word against everybody else's. That's sad, right? That's sad, right? You hear everything, you know, we're, the team is so tight and everything else. Um, you needed to have support, you know what? And that, and that's, that's something that, that needs to be very, very, you know, that has to be the priority. You need to be having support and we need to, to be better as, as humans uh, moving forward. Uh, do you think there'll be any, I mean, there was a number of players. I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I, I believe 37 in the thirties, somewhere of all the people that were contacted, including Blackhawks players, they were in the thirties of people that, you know, refused to participate. Right. And I couldn't help but think that of Duncan Keith yesterday when he was asked, he goes, Oh no, they didn't ask me anything. And right. no one asked him, well, did you refuse to, <laughs> did you say you weren't going to participate? Um, how big of a cloud is this going to be over players that were, were there? Um, you know, because we've heard a guy like Brent Soap, who's been pretty outspoken about all of this as a member of that team. And we all remember he won the cup, but then he, Dustin Bufflin and Andrew Ladd were traded right afterwards to the Atlanta Thrashers. So they weren't there afterwards. They were certainly there in the aftermath of the incident, depending on who you believe and how much that team knew basically during that cup final and afterwards. Um, but those others, I, I do imagine that there's going to be some some hard questions, especially for people that um, that refuse to participate in the investigation. Yeah, I mean, for, for sure. I mean, Dust, Duncan Keith has to be asked. He's on the team and he's still an active player, right? I mean, that he has to be in the report. I mean, I, I just don't, I mean, again, I understand that it's not, uh, you know, he had, well, it wasn't subpoenaed or anything of that nature, I guess, uh, because of the, the, you know, the way the case is. But um, yeah, I mean, it's something that, shouldn't be able to to just run and hide from i guess i mean we know kyle beach didn't make it to the chicago blackhawks as an nhler but he was still around at training camps and things of of other of other things so i mean it's it's you know terrible the type of behavior that was mentioned in the report in terms of what he had to go through and and the the verbal assaults from who are supposed to be people that are in your corner Uh, i mean that that's unfortunate and, and should never have happened either so there again, that, that leads back to environment. There needs to be an environment where that, that just doesn't happening. Um, and, and that's, and until they get to that place, there are going to be problems that need to be attacked head on for sure. But yeah, I mean, questions will continue to be asked of, of, of the important people of the people who are still active in the league. And um, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to, to be, you know, answer some of those questions for sure. And, uh, but I'm not sure what answer, other than 
I wish I had done more is going to be acceptable. And, and even then, a lot of people aren't going to be satisfied by just that. I think you see people saying, sorry, and I wish I had been able to do more, but um, ultimately... That's better that, than lying about it. No, absolutely right. And, and that's the other part about Jonathan Taves. I think, I think he did make that clear. I mean, everyone is is focusing on the, you know, on the comments about Bowman and, and uh, Al McIsaac, but um, I think they're those players can't help but feel guilt about it. And uh, I don't think that any amount of apologizing is going to make people feel better about it. But I think that's not what it's about. It's about providing the support to Kyle Beach and any other person who went through anything similar um, during their, their careers. And like I said, this comes down to being better human beings and doing our best to make it a better place moving forward uh, because no one can take away the pain that Kyle Beach suffered. Uh, Now it's all about, providing a better environment so that that doesn't happen again and that people can support Kyle Beach. And I love the fact that he wants to meet the kid from Michigan and that he's going to be able to there to help survivors. And, you know, again, that's so important The providing the, the, you know, the safeguards so that these folks can move forward with their lives, never mind their careers. I mean, this guy's still playing hockey. I, I love the fact that he's still chasing his dream, but um, you know, he's paid an enormous price that uh, you know, no amount of a settlement will ever satisfy. No, there's no doubt about it. Ken Weave is with us. I know uh, he and Sean, I'm sure, will be tackling this and many more stories when uh, KNR gets going coming up at 3 p.m. Uh, I do want to get to the game tonight, but one more question sure. on this, and then um, I think it's a fair question. Um, and, and, you know, it's a difficult one for guys like us. I mean, I have sort of a different background coming in, kind of starting this stuff, be, being here in Winnipeg. You've been here in Winnipeg for your entire career as well, but have been very close to this hockey club. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of, I think, legitimate questions about the the hockey media, the insiders. Um, the average fan is going, these guys are so tied into the National Hockey League. How the heck is it Rick Westhead and Katie Strang doing all of it and what was with the silence throughout the summer when this came up? I guess the question is, was the, is the hockey media in some ways complicit in this, Ken, or uh, are people missing the point if they, uh, if they throw those sort of barbs? Well, I think people, you know, some people definitely feel that way, and I, I can understand why. But what I would explain uh, on that front to Huss is that, uh, you know, Rick and Katie, their job is dedicated to unearthing these type of stories. They're, they're not running a beat on a day-to-day basis. And that's not an excuse. That's just the fact of the matter is they're given the extra time. Uh, you know, our industry is, you know, nobody knows better than, than you and I, Huss. The industry has changed a whole lot. You don't have two or three people on the beat. You don't have, like, let's, you, you know, you mentioned Hammer. Jeff spent three years on that project, right? These aren't things that just happen where you say, hey, uh, hey, Kyle Beach, uh, do you want to share your harrowing story with me? That This happens from Rick gaining the trust of the individual uh, and building that relationship over a long time. Uh, uh, by no means am I taking media off the hook. I mean, I'm also saying I don't think this was a big cover-up. Uh, by members of the media, you saw, you know, Mark Lazarus and Scott Powers doing incredible work in Chicago in the Athletic. Um, Scott was quite forthcoming. He had been around the team daily. This had never been brought forward. So, I mean, when you're around the team a lot, think you may hear whispers, Hasa, and there's no doubt about that. But you know, the fact that it took this long for someone to come forward, um, and they're the other thing too. So, if the Rockford Isogs had a you know a dedicated beat writer at that time. Um, I don't, you know, look at what Kyle said about it. He buried this, didn't talk about it even with his family for almost an entire decade. So 
I don't think there would have been whispers uh, from Kyle. Maybe he has a relationship with a reporter and says, hey, man, I guess what happened to me in 2010. I, I just don't think that uh, some people that think there was some kind of elaborate cover up. I, I don't think that, that that was the case by any stretch of the imagination. But at the same time, uh, maybe the I mean, the antennas of all reporters have to be up a little bit more. But that's the other part. So there needs to be an environment where maybe, you know, if the player is not comfortable, you know, going to the league or to the PA, you know, maybe there is someone else that he can feel comfortable. And maybe that person whispers something to a reporter and, and maybe something can be done to bring that to light. But um, again, it, it's I think that the people criticizing the, the regular reporter, if you will, uh, they are missing the point in that these people are dedicated their lives to telling these types of important and critical stories that need to be done. But uh, they're also allowed the opportunity and the time to sink their teeth into something like that. But you're right, Huss. Everyone needs to be better. I think Pierre Lebrun just had a column uh, where that was part of the headline. And 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 he's right. Everyone needs to be to do a better job and do their part. If they if they hear that information, absolutely, you can't bury it or sweep it under the rug. Otherwise, you do, like you said, become complicit. Kenny, um, I appreciate your honesty on all of this. And, uh, you know, I just quickly, and I guess some people are asking me because, you know, the time I worked within True North and, you know, sure. starting with the moose, uh, Mr. Pastry, what's the Chipman culture like? I'm not sure if it was the Chipman culture, but I can tell you um, he's as principled an individual I've ever worked for. Um, as an employee from day one, I was respected. I was taken care of. Um, I was given opportunities to grow in my role. And, um and I lo- loved every day, and I've always been thankful for that. Um, but again, I mean, the stuff that we're talking about, it was a much smaller operation then as to what it is right now. And I'm not suggesting that it's different. I think, if anything, the principles that, um, that you know, they that the, the team was run by and, was, you know, was kind of put upon me from Mark right at the top, um, I would imagine are more than ever, not, not only part of the organization, but, you know, literally in the mission statement. And I mean, we've already seen people throwing stuff out from True So it's certainly there. Um, but, well, actually there's no buts. That's the answer to the question. I mean, uh, I, um, I, I loved every minute of it and I have the utmost respect for Mark uh, Chipman and everything that he's done in this community. And, I can't imagine, to be honest, what he's struggling with right now because I certainly know that, you know, the contributions Kevin Sheveldayoff's made and, um, and you know, the way Chevy's been since he's been a member of the of the Jets organization, what he's done in the community, the way he's dealt with people. Um, but again, this is one of those things that um, pulls the cover off things that happened before anything, any of these guys were here in Winnipeg. Um, but unfortunately it drags an organization like the Jets into it. And um, there's a lot of legitimate questions as to how the team's goals goes forward. And um, I guess we'll be finding those out in, uh, in the coming days and weeks as it pertains to um, Cheval Dayoff's particular role as ongoing as the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. And I want to be clear, I'm not making a judgment one way or the other, but I do think before we can do that, some people have already made their judgments. Um, and I guess I understand because we haven't heard from the other side and there's some pretty damning evidence out right there. Um, but I certainly personally, I do want to hear what, um, what, Chevy has to say. I'd love to hear what the organization has to say as well, and maybe find out a little bit more from those people, and in particular Kevin Sheveldayoff, about that meeting and how things went forward before I'll cast any uh, my own personal opinion. But I understand um, on such a hot topic, something that affects people so uh, viscerally, um, why people will will have their opinions that 
they might not need to hear anything more. And, you know, that's obviously their right. There is a hockey game tonight, Ken. And, uh, you know, lost in all of this, the fact the Winnipeg Jets are, uh, you know, in the middle of a road trip right now. Um, Kind of a crazy start to the trip with that Anaheim game. Uh, Wasn't a Picasso by any stretch of the imagined. Frankly, a pretty ugly game. Um, Pulled out of the fire in 19 seconds by Nikolai Ehlers in... uh, in the last couple minutes of the game. I mean, uh, just before we get to the Kings tonight, what did you think about the game against the Ducks and uh, the late game of heroics of Nikolai Ehlers to turn a zero into two points in the standings? Yeah, I think that the uh, the drought for Nikolai Ehlers is officially over uh, based on the uh, zone entry machine and also the play that he made on the Andrew Kopp goal was just absolutely uh, exceptional. Uh, the one-man zone entry at work, uh, as usual, really good play by Paul Stastny and... Uh, for many of your uh, WST uh, viewers, <laughs> and Andrew Kopp uh, special right there. Uh, I think he showed pretty good hands oh, on that, that one. Finish. Right, yes, indeed. The guy who's worked very hard on becoming a better finisher uh, once again is is up there with, uh, what is it, uh, four goals and eight points or, or something along those lines. But for sure, Ehlers, is, that was a big, that was a, that was a, you know, kind of another one of those classic defining moments for him where he kind of, you know, incredible shot off the face off, but, there too. Another thing that that shot doesn't happen without the box out by Paul Stastny, right? I mean, there's a, a bunch of little intricate plays. Cop wins both those draws. Um, you know, the Jets took advantage of two icings by the Ducks. I mean, do I think that that was not the template that that videotape? You learn from the mistakes. You learn. You know, you can't spend. That was one of those classic nights where they, you know, they got hemmed in in their own end. They were chasing the puck a lot. Uh, the puck management was poor. Uh, obviously, two turnovers uh, by Pierre-Luc Dubois, who had been playing great and did have a very impressive play on the Svechnikov goal. Uh, but just a reminder of the, you know, the consistency that is required over a long season that you know mistakes are going to happen. Um, but at the same time, it's how those players respond to those mistakes. And the Jets responded by finding a way to get the job done after you know two glaring giveaways ended up in the back of the net. That would have been a kind of an easy game to fold, uh, you know, take your puck and go home and say, well, try to get them next time. But instead the Jets found a way to win. And as Andrew Kopp pointed out, um, you know, hallmark of a good team is trying to find a way to win when you don't have your best. So the Jets were not at their best. They needed to be a lot. They'll need to be a lot better tonight, but they found a way. So by no means can they afford to play poorly and then maybe rely on 19 seconds. But uh, I would say that that would go more in the, in the pile of, you know, fortunate to get away with a win. And Connor Hellbuck played a humongous role in that. Um, their penalty kill was finally a little bit better, Huss, um, you know, but still when you're rolling at 60%, nobody's, uh, you know, nobody's saying, Hey, got that solved, <laughs> but, uh, uh, they definitely, that was an important step for them. I mean, LA is missing a couple of important defensemen tonight and, uh, and Drew Doughty and Sean Walker, uh, Mitchell Clinton just 20 tweeted the lines. It sounds like the jets are still going to be rolling with 11 and seven, uh, Blake Wheeler, obviously getting back on the ice for them was a big development. I would anticipate there would be, I'm not sure, I would say maybe above 50% chance that Wheeler's back Saturday night, but that'll depend on how the next few days go. Uh, and I would imagine that Mark Shifley will be back uh, for Tuesday's game. Again, we'll, we'll wait and see about everything else, but I would imagine we'll see Mark Shifley in that home game in Winnipeg. Uh, you, you mentioned Connor Hellebuck, and Hellebuck yeah. was brilliant. This was sort of the... Uh, it was almost the the template of what we've seen the last couple of years when the Jets win. Sometimes uh, maybe not playing very well, spending way too much time in their own end, chasing the puck, giving up too many shots, but Hellebuck bailing them out. They're not going to have that tonight. Um, 
Eric Comrie gets his first start. Big opportunity for the young man. Pretty cool that's going to happen in L.A. at Staples Center, um, you know, at a part where he spent the good majority of his younger years growing up mm-hmm. and playing there. Um, m- much like the other topic we've said, I'm going to reserve judgment. A lot of people have already made judgment on Eric Comrie before he's even played a game. Um, but I'm interested to see how he does today, as well as how the team plays in front of him. Because as I mentioned earlier on, maybe in the summer when we were talking about the fact that Comrie was going to be the backup for Connor Hellebuck, that his teammates in, in the small amount of games that he actually played with the Winnipeg Jets, uh, a couple of them I can remember some of the worst performances of those times in front of Eric Comrie. His teammates didn't do him very many favors. Um it doesn't seem like he has a clean slate, though, with much of the fan base, uh, which he probably should. I think he's only played like five games for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, a big opportunity, though, for him tonight. And I would suggest a very important one for him to come in and and have a good game, not really for the fan base, but you know, for himself as well as the organization to prove that he's ready for this opportunity, the biggest one of his uh, NHL career. Yeah, I love the way that uh, Eric Comrie has handled this entire situation in terms of, you know, he, he's put the onus squarely on himself. He knows full well that uh, his opportunities will be limited. This is one of the few times he'll get a start where it's not involved in the back-to-back scenario. It's one of the situations where, you know, he'll be well-rested. He's playing in a place where, you know, he's comfortable with. It's his third start against the LA Kings in what will be his 10th NHL start. He knows he has to perform. If you don't perform you're going to be replaced. And he's openly embraced that. Uh, that's different than looking over your shoulder and seeing someone that's there to try to potentially take your job. Uh, I think the realization is important, but his focus has always been on the same thing. He's an incredibly diligent worker and he knows this is his opportunity to try to prove it. Uh, you know, he's going to be starting a game next week, whether it's against Chicago or the New York Islanders, there is a back to back next weekend. He's getting one of those games. This is a chance for him to, get some, you know, solid ground or build a bit of a foundation for himself. Uh, I was there in Columbus when he got his first NHL win. It was a wild game. I think, what is it? Six, five or five, four, whatever it was. Um, You know, he's a guy who is, this is the first chance for him where he's been the clear cut number two. And now it's up to him to show if he can do it or not. I mean, Lauren Brassois was, I think the first star last night in the three, two overtime win. Um, Not a lot of people were familiar. There was, you know, when Lauren Brassois was signed, Huss, Who's this guy? And why did he get a one-way contract? Was, Are you was, serious? Well, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> so Eric Comrie was a high draft pick. He's been a, a prospect for a while, but uh, he's at that age where it's time to show whether or not uh, he's capable of becoming an NHL goalie and what we've talked about so often uh, every time we discuss him. He will have put himself in the best opportunity possible um, in terms of his preparation. And, you know, he talked about getting the mental skills coach in the summer. Uh, based on listening to, you know, he's a big golf fan. He, he listened to how many people have their own individual coaches. He went out and tried to make himself better. And we've seen him putting in the work. Uh, he's always one of the last guys off the ice. Does that translate into NHL wins? It's not going to take much longer to find out. Well, and I'll say this. Um, he's as easy as a guy to cheer for. I mean, you know, we've dealt with a lot of players and a lot of people. I mean, I don't know if you'll find a better human being um, than Eric Comrie in and around NHL dressing rooms. And uh, it would be great to see him, you know, rise to the occasion, have a great game tonight and, um, you know, really establish himself as an NHLer. Um, Big opportunity for tonight for him to, um, to maybe take that first step going forward. Just speaking of Comrie, were you in Colorado for his last Jets start? 
game number 81 of the 1819 season. Do you remember that game, Ken? Oh, uh, that was a wild one, right? Or that was the one that was the old uh closed door meeting after game, oh, like, yeah, with yeah. one game before the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, maybe the worst Jets performance in front of a goalie at any point that season. It was right when everything seemed to be blowing up. Buff smashing his stick on the boards when the power play stays out too long. I mean, everything was falling apart at the seams. Like, that was what Eric Comrie got in front of him for his last couple of starts <laughs> as a Winnipeg Jets. So, as I say, give the guy a chance. We'll see what happens and a big, big opportunity for the young man tonight. Uh, just quickly, you mentioned Blake Wheeler back on the practice ice. Interesting comments from him yesterday with what he'd gone through, having to live in the basement at mom and dad's for 10 days and coming back. Um, But he also said that, you know, it was pretty awesome to see what the players had done stepping up in he and Mark Shifley's absence and that he um, he wants to be 100% able to really contribute. And I believe his quote is not screw anything up. Uh, what did you make of what we heard from Blake Wheeler and uh, uh probably the week and a week and a half that he's had watching his teammates kind of get off the schneid, get the first three wins of the season without two of their most important players in the lineup. Yeah. It seemed like Blake was in a, in a pretty good mood, which uh, isn't always the case in his media exchanges as we've come to see over the years. Uh, he can be very enlightening when he is engaged. And uh, that was one of those great examples. And it was great to see and good, good on him for doing so. Uh, I mean, he didn't quite peel back the layers the way uh, Tucker Pullman did talking about his COVID experience. But uh, obviously, it seemed like he was, it was based on the commentary we had heard, whether it was Kyle Connor or Paul Stastny. Uh, you know, it sounded like he had been doing better for quite some time. And uh, I think he made the most of it, made sure he was getting his exercise in uh, when he could. And, you know, great for him to be able to, you know, even though the interactions would not have been the same when you're quarantining at your parents' house, at least, you know, mom and dad are in the room, you know, in the house and they're cooking for you. And, and some of those things were, I mean, he just wouldn't have, as the interview pointed out, you, you wouldn't have been done. He wouldn't have done that since high school when he was a 17, you know, before he went to the USHL, it would have been his last year of high school when he spent a, a 10 day block with his or seven day block with his parents uh, or at their home. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, smart of him, he, you know, handle himself well. I mean, obviously tipping the cap and uh, stick taps to his teammates who had done a nice job and um, he's going to be, we know he never lacks motivation and he knows all like Blake Wheeler wants to win. And the fact that he's seen some of his teammates take some important strides forward while playing elevated roles, I think he'd be happy to see that. Uh, and he will continue to be happy to see that when he gets put back into the lineup. So, I mean, good on some of those guys, whether it be Harkins, Veselainen, Evgeny Svechnikov, as we talked about, uh, doing a nice job in, in that role uh, with Dubois and Kyle Connor. And I mean, hey, by next week or by Saturday night, we're going to see. I mean, I know everyone has answers. Where is it going to look? What's it going to look like going in? I mean, Paul Maurice definitely left the door open for, um, you know, to Blake Wheeler to potentially come back on the, he didn't come out and say it, but I mean, he said his ice time would not necessarily be at that 21 minute level. So that opens the door to, you know, maybe he's playing with Dubois, maybe he's playing with Adam Lowry. I mean, we're going to see what happens, but uh, I don't think it's as a lot of people thinking that it's as simple as just simply reuniting Wheeler and Shifley. I, I don't know that that may be the case, but it won't be the case Saturday if he plays. And it might not be with Kyle Connor. I mean, here's the thing. Right. I mean, like Kyle Connor and Dubois have been pretty damn good together, Ken. I'm sure For you sure. guys will chop this up on KNR, but uh, mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm Paul Maurice, and, and I believe was it you or I mean, when Dubois first came to the Winnipeg Jets, I believe that was the first combination that that he tried. 
Uh, yeah. And, you know, they Connor tried a lot Ehlers of things last year. Connor Ehlers they, and Dubois was where they started. And I think that Kyle Connor could, uh, you know, ride shotgun with Pierre-Luc Dubois for some time, whether that's with uh, Blake Wheeler on the right or Svechnikov or even Andrew Kopp. Uh, I, you know, quite honestly, Huss, I think that we're going to see more of Andrew Kopp and Mark Shifley, which when we saw that block right before when the first game that Wheeler missed and Shifley still played. Um, but is it Ehlers popping in there? Is it Wheeler? I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think we're going to see more of of Kyle Connor and Dubois together. And this is not, as I've said before, nobody's been banging the drum for Evgeny Svechnikov more than I have, but I'm not willing to, you know, I'm not saying that he's has to stay in the top six for the remainder of the year based on a three or four game window. So uh, Wheeler has also shown some chemistry with Dubois, so uh, he could be in there. Um, you know, maybe, like I said, maybe they spread it out. I, I could see Wheeler with Paul Stastny in the middle. I could also see Wheeler with maybe Adam Lowry and Paul Stastny. I mean, uh, I could see him back eventually with Mark Shifley. Who knows? But uh, the fact that Paul Maurice has a little few more options at his disposal, that will make the Jets a better team in the long run. And, and now it's about finding a, a comfortable amount of minutes for all the players who had earned a little bit of an, an enhanced role during this time. Yeah, I mean, the options have already always been there. I mean, you're the coach. You have all the options sure. you, you want. Um, now you've seen them. Now the you've play, seen them exactly. in action. You know, at some, and, you know, in this case, I mean, it was going to take an injury maybe to see some of these things. And these guys have uh, done themselves well to, I think, put themselves in, in a situation where um, they might be elevated and certainly giving Paul many more options, to, you know, really to consider going into these games back at home with both this. Just final question, Sandy G, were wondering, no Wheeler tonight, but you do think that there might be a chance that he could play in San Jose? I think the door is open. Uh, it'll depend how he feels, but, uh, you know, also too, I mean, Blake, Blake wants to play, and but he's not going to put himself, let me put it this way, he's not going to put himself at risk to play Saturday to miss Tuesday, but I feel that is if he still felt good on the ice or if there were, you know, no effects after skating yesterday and skating today and skating tomorrow out of practice, uh, I could see a scenario where where Blake does play. I'm not saying you know no no it's not a lead pipe lock or a guarantee, but I would not be surprised if he is able to play. Uh, I think he'd be back maybe Tuesday at the latest, barring any setbacks. But I could definitely see a, a possibility of him or a stronger possibility of him being in the lineup on Saturday night. And then I think the Jets do go back to a, a 12 and six situation. And uh, I know that Paul Maurice has, has said that he's it's some things he's liked about 11 and seven. Um, to me, it still is more a matter of necessity rather than uh, something that they'll they'll look at doing more going forward. But uh, that goes back to the question we've had for a long time. I mean, the fourth line needs to play more, whether that means you know running a, a forward through with Tominato and Nash, or if it means having a full line. What we know, Huss, in November, the fourth line needs to play more than it did in October, or it's going to be a problem, whether that be in December or April. No, it's a great point. Uh, hey, folks, we got over 400 people in here. Do me a favor. Hit that thumbs up button. We need the likes. If you haven't subscribed already, hit that red subscribe button. And I hope you'll all stick around and head over to Kenny and Rennie right after Winnipeg Sports Talk. They'll be live at 3 p.m. and do the same on their channel. Um, Kenny, uh, what you got any guests coming up today? I know it's a little different than your normal oh, yeah. post-game show. Uh, just yeah. tee up what's happening today at 3 p.m. And then, of course, what you and Sean will have after the game tonight or, frankly, this morning <laughs> exactly actually we've got frank cervelli our, our friend frank uh, from daily face off will be joining us right out of the gate roughly 305 
And then uh, we've got Jimmy Houston, uh, one of the best uh, best play-by-play guys of all time. Just retired this year, but Jimmy is going to join us at about uh, three thirty-five Central. So, and then tonight we'll have the late uh, the late show, and then uh, Hustler After Dark uh, joining me on Saturday night, <laughs> which uh, which I'm already looking forward to, especially when I know. I mean, hey, I love hanging out with you after midnight, Hus, but. Uh, uh, you also know that I sometimes turn into a pumpkin at that time. So it's good that it's a six o'clock start yes. for us on Saturday. Yeah. We'll still be able to get the last call and maybe a few <laughs> after the after the game. Ken, I'm looking forward to uh, the show today at 3 p.m. over on your YouTube channel. Thanks so much for doing this and uh, say hi to uh, Rennie and the guests. Will do. Uh, thanks for having me as always and uh, appreciate the insight and the feedback uh, from from our listeners that we always try to uh, to take care of as well. Thanks for having me and uh, keep doing the good work on this important subject, Huss. Right, right on. Thanks, pal. There's Ken Weeb. Uh, less than an hour from now, end of WST. Head on over, Kenny and Rennie, and make sure you're subscribed to their channel and check them out. Uh, of course, Sean and Ken will also be on late night tonight after the game uh, and after the IC guys do their thing. Hey, big thanks to Darb Yor. That's a hell of a super chat, Darb. We uh, we greatly appreciate the support, um, everyone that's in here all the time. But uh, that's a very very nice super chat. Thanks very much, Darb. We uh, we love you. Uh, all right, we've got a few more things to get to. Dustin Nielsen's coming up in just a couple minutes. Um, do want to thank our friends at Princess Auto for their great support, not only of Winnipeg Sports Talk, but also of curling here in the province of Manitoba. Um, they're also sponsoring one of the big national events. And two of our most decorated teams, Mike McEwen's squad, as well as Jennifer Jones' squad, which we are all going to be pulling for, as well as the other Manitobans that end up making it to the Olympic trials. And hard to believe that's just a few weeks away coming up. uh, Well, geez, I guess it's like three weeks away um, in Saskatoon. Um, The biggest curling event every four years, the Canadian Olympic curling trials, of course, we'll be all over it. We'll do our weekly curling reports for Princess Auto and we'll really focus in our Manitoba teams and the quest for Olympic gold. Uh, But at Princess Auto, you find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. They're all about making sure you have what you need to keep the work going and make the ideas in your head come to life. Shop all the great deals in store at two Winnipeg locations, or you can do it 24 hours a day at princessauto.com. Um, I can't wait. Rewa and I are heading over to Little Brown Jug after the show today. Going to pop by and see our friends at LPJ. I think I'm going to try the new fall beer, the double um, but I'll be taking a look at the 1919. The tap room's incredible. I'll have to fire out a picture on my tw- on my Twitter later on if you haven't seen it. Over on William Avenue, it's an amazing spot. Um, they are booking events into the holidays. If you're looking for a spot for you know an office Christmas party, something that you're doing with a large group of friends, a bachelorette or a bachelor party, uh, go to littlebrownjug.ca, go to the events page and click on that live link. You can find more about booking an event at Little Brown Jug and of course the great taste of LBJ available at fine bars and restaurants throughout the city. And of course you can get 1919 and all the great Little Brown Jug beers at fine bottle shops and beer stores around the city of Winnipeg. I'll tell you what, BP is going to be a great spot to be tonight. Huge sports evening. We've got a hell of a Thursday nighter. We'll get to that in a little bit. Packers decimated at wide receiver, but on a heater after losing that first game, they're taking on the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. That's the Thursday nighter. And uh, I have a feeling BP getting together with some of the gang, some ice cold schooners, some great pizza, some Boston's wings, 
and then transitioning into the Jets and Kings. It's always a great night to be at BP, but especially when the Jets are playing big screens, big sound. It's all your local Boston pizza, and you can order online if you're staying home at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's get Remus back in here. Dustin Nielsen's going to join us in 10 minutes or so. Um, lots to get to with Dusty. I want to talk to him about the Bombers. Uh, we'll get a little bit hockey talk, as well as on the beach story, um, you know, what people are saying in Edmonton, as well as what Duncan Keith did and didn't say yesterday in his media availability. But uh, Remo, let's talk Jets. We've talked a lot about the Kyle Beach story, and we continue to, we will continue to. Uh, but tonight, big opportunity for Eric Comrie. Um, I'm giving him a chance, unlike many. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do tonight. But I will say, I think there is a lot of pressure on Comrie to perform in his first, first few starts for the Winnipeg Jets, considering how good Loren Brassois has been the last couple of years, as well as the uh, how important it is for the Winnipeg Jets to have a reliable number two behind the guy that's going to be in the net most nights. And of course, that's the Vezina Trophy winner, Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned when Loren Brassois was was signed by the Jets. I remember thinking, who is this guy? He was in Edmonton. He was not very good. And then he came to the Jets and, wow, this that guy's awesome. That might have been me. I may yeah. have uttered that a couple of times. Like, I've never even heard of this guy. And then he comes to the Jets and now I was saying the last couple of years, he needs to play more games. He's good. Hello, Buck. Uh, hello, Buck. You know, he's playing too much. Put him brossois more. And, can you know, Great for Brossois. He played, you know, he got a nice contract with Vegas. I believe he won last night. Um, I did have Hudobin on DraftKings, but that's he beside did. the point. A lot of people <laughs> in the chat all summer. So a lot of the people in the chat, I think they're taking a lot of L's. Dubois, he sucks. He's finished. Cop can't score. Comrie, not a backup. I would say the first two, the majority's been proven wrong. Dubois, I think he's clear he's one of the top players on the team. Andrew Cop can finish and has a shot. And we'll see about Eric Comrie. I know his numbers in the past, not not great. I think we can all agree. And look, if, if it's not working out, backup goalie, pretty easy position to fill. But I think we're all cheering for the guy. We all want him to do well. And uh, I I forgot that he did. You know, grew up in the you know L.A. area, and pretty cool. That he's making a start at the Staples Center, and let's see what he can do. And this is a good a good team if you're going to start. I mean, they're missing what Doughty. Uh, Sean Walker, I know uh, Mikey Anderson. I'm pulling for him. I got his rookie card. I got his young guns. Uh, he's <laughs> he's playing an elevated role. Oli Mata. I forgot about this LA team. Oli Mata, Alex Edler. Um, they br- I really liked the Victor Arvidsson trade. I think he's fit in well there. But I haven't seen I haven't seen too much of LA, and I have liked them in the past. So we'll see how they go how they go here tonight against the Jets. Yeah, well, I mean, the Kings come into the game dead last in the Pacific Division. One win, four losses, one loss in overtime with only three points on the season. Um, So they'll be a team that will have a real sense of urgency to try to take advantage of the fact that they're not playing against Connor Hellebuck um, and see what they can do. But again, big opportunity for Eric Comrie. Um, and I just hope that the team plays in front of him, well, better than they did in front of Connor Elvick against Anaheim, but certainly gives him a little more than he had a couple seasons ago in his final couple starts with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, you know what? Before we get Dusty on, let's do our cool bet lines because there's a lot of action tonight in the National Hockey League and, of course, a big football game as well. Um, 
We'll be getting into the lock shop tomorrow about an hour before Winnipeg Sports Talk. So if you're normally jumping on with us at YouTube at 1 o'clock, um, jump on Twitter at noon. Uh, both my account, we'll usually run the stream out of Dusty's at Nielsen TSN 1260. Uh, but we'll do that at noon. It'll take us right in. We've been hot lately. Uh, and we'll see what happens for this game tonight. And we had to talk about this game on Tuesday. Uh, line for tonight as of right now, is Packers six-and-a-half-point underdogs in Arizona. The big part of that was it opened at four-and-a-half. The reason for the move was that their all-pro receiver, Devontae Adams, had tested positive for COVID. He was vaccinated, so there was the potential that he'd play, but you do need the two negative tests within 24 hours. I don't think that's happened, so we don't expect Devontae Adams. And then, of course, Alan Lazard, who had just come back to the lineup and got a touchdown last week, their number two receiver, well, he's unvaccinated. He's exposed. He's out tonight. So Aaron Rodgers will be out at least his top two receivers, maybe his top three if Marquez Valdez-Scantling can't come back in. Um, but Aaron Rodgers won a lot of games without Devontae Adams before. We'll be interested to see if they can hang, though, with the undefeated Cardinals, who, as I mentioned, are six-and-a-half-point favorites. And all you cheeseheads out there that thinks that Aaron's, Aaron's going to get it done, big, big money on the money line. If you think Green Bay can win, plus 238, meaning a $100 bet would return 338 uh, on it. Let's get to the National Hockey League. Jets and Kings tonight. We'll start off with that game. Uh, Jets a very slight favorite um, over the Kings. Minus 103 for the Jets, minus 115 for the Los Angeles Kings. If you uh, And it's interesting, the Kings number, uh, or sorry, I guess the Jets are a slight underdog. I'm reading that wrong. Uh, Kings at minus 115. Jets just basically even money at minus 103. Um, you can get adjusted lines as well if you'd like. Other games tonight, we'll start with the late ones. Uh, Habs and Sharks. Sharks, a minus 128 favorite. Habs looking for win number two after uh, they gave the crack in their first home win a couple nights ago. Uh, the Flyers playing the second of back-to-backs. We'll talk about their game last night. They gave the Oilers their first loss of the season. They're moving on to Vancouver. Vancouver, a minus 135 favorite. Flyers, plus 115. Uh, the Wild, a slight favorite. Taken on the Kraken in Seattle. Kraken basically even money at minus 101. Minnesota slight favorite at minus 115. And then we've got the uh, the mighty Buffalo Sabres going on to the West Coast. They're taking on the Ducks. We'll see how Anaheim rebounds after a pretty crushing way to lose a hockey game against Winnipeg on Tuesday night. Anaheim minus 135. Buffalo plus 115. Other games in the league tonight. Colorado and St. Louis. Colorado minus 132 favorites against the Blues. Tampa, a massive favorite against the Arizona Coyotes, minus 370. Straight up pick them between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Calgary Flames. And the Boston Bruins, plus 118 underdogs on the road to take on the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, of course, you can bet at CoolBet, Canada, uh, CoolBet.com. And if you've never bet there before, use the promo code WST when you make your first deposit and you will get a 100% bonus up to $200 on deposit number one. And don't forget lock shop tomorrow. Been on fire lately. We can't force you to make the picks. We can just give you the winners and hopefully we'll have some more for you on tomorrow's show. Big, big slate of games tonight in the league room. Yeah. And I did make a uh, DraftKings contest for Winnipeg sport. You know, people who like to play, I think it's full actually, which is funny oh. because it's funny Hus, because I did, I've been doing 30 people 
and we couldn't fill those. So the last one didn't run and people got mad. Well, why, why didn't it run? I made a lineup. Well, I said, no, we didn't fill. I made So I made 20 people this morning and, and, uh, oh, there's my account. When you do 20, people get invites, right? I, I guess they're notified. Like I invited everyone for 30, didn't fill. And I was busy in the afternoon. So I didn't invite people, but I had a pretty good night last night. Huss. I won a, uh, I entered a $1 contest and won a $19, I won it, and won a $19 qualifier ticket to the uh, Fantasy Hockey World Championships. So I'm going to be in, I'm going to go in, yeah. So if I finish like first out of like a thousand people in that, I'll, I win a trip to the live final, but I don't, I don't think when that's going to happen. When is the contest? When I'm is not, the, I'm November like 16 or something. So oh, Tuesday. okay. I got to start going in. I got to start going in so, these. Uh, now, the, so it's a $1 event and how many people are in it? That one was like 23 or something. And I and I want. I had a good lineup yesterday. Uh, oh, I guess this, that makes sense. If, yeah, one person. If, you know, you put it together. Who, it, who did you have yesterday? I had the oil well, Oilers. If, so this is my rule for for DraftKings this year. If anyone likes to do fantasy, is Connor McDavid playing on the slate? If the answer is yes, play him. Play anyone who's on the ice with him. Play <laughs> anyone who's on the power play with him. Because uh, I mean, we can talk Dusty. The power play has been ridiculous. Um, watching him is out of control. And so I was just like, if he's on, if he's playing, uh, I will be playing Connor McDavid and his line mates and possibly the power play defenseman. So, yeah, well, our next guest is going to be putting his kids through school on the back of uh, cool bets on <laughs> Connor McDavid <laughs> so far this season. And by the way, shout out to Greg at Royal Sports. How about the Stanley Cup banner lifting in Seattle? Pretty classic. I wonder what banner they're going to lift at game three. So they retired number 32 in game number one, and then they raised a Seattle Metropolitan Stanley Cup banner from 1917. That's pretty cool. I'm here for that. It's a nice bit of hockey history that a lot of people probably don't know. Um, but yes, I'm not sure. I don't think they'll quite get into Predators territory with the banners, um, but you uh, but you never know. Anyways, we're going to talk to Dustin Nielsen coming up in just a second. Uh, a big shout out to our friends at Not Autocorp. If you are looking for a vehicle, why not get into the car of your dreams at an incredible price with the help of the Not team? You really do need to head down to Waverly McGilvery to see all the incredible vehicles. They've been the leader when it comes to Tesla sales in Winnipeg for a number of years. Um, when it comes to luxury vehicles, SUVs, and so much more, they've got it. Not to mention, if there's a specific vehicle that you're hoping to get into, um, they can help you find it if they don't have it there. Um, not they are the experts. So head on down, Waverly and McGilvery are not online. And if you do have uh, maybe a modification or detail it needs to do, they do it all, including the new Winnipeg Car Lab, which does tinting, rims, as well as full vehicle wraps. Find out more, Winnipeg Car Lab on uh, all the social media feeds, or just simply head on over to not.ca. Tomorrow, Friday, you know what that means. We'll head in. No Bomber game day this week, but we don't care. We're still going to do a Bomber Canadian Club giveaway with a big marble race at the end of the program. So make sure you're with us towards the end of tomorrow's YouTube broadcast. We've got the new Winnipeg Sports Talk Canadian Club branded hoodies will be given away. Might even reach into the tickle trunk for a uh, another I Love Rye package. And by the way, congratulations to Ryan who won it, came by the other day, picked it up, was very pleased with all the goodies, as well as the great taste of Canadian Club, which he said he's sharing with his friends at the next Bomber tailgate. Of course, Canadian Club available at IG Field for all Blue Bomber games. 
And you can pick it up at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart as well. And as we head into the weekend tomorrow, still a couple nice days. Much warmer than I thought we'd be right now, which means uh, let's uh, hold on to spring and fall a little bit more with a delicious blizzard at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. They've been with us from day one. Phenomenal sponsors and even better people. And uh, they'll also help you uh, take care of uh, maybe some party favors. If you're having an event, maybe a kid's birthday, or you just want to step up your game on game night, get a DQ ice cream cake, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba, customize it for you. And it'll be ready for you to pick up at any of the four local Nick and Nicky DQs again on Insta. That's at DQ Manitoba. All right, let's uh, welcome in Dustin Nielsen. The king of the AM nasty. Uh, rumors <laughs> abound if you read the, the Athletic that radio is dead. I can assure you, it's it might be on life support, but it is not in fact entirely dead. And how do I know that? Well, I heard somebody win an autographed copy of Castaway after answering some questions correctly earlier. The ratings promos just keep getting better, folks, and uh, nobody does it better than the Nielsen Show, along with our good friend, Lieutenant Erica. What's up? How are you? Let's be honest, man. It's close to being dead. Right? Like, we're, we're just hanging on. Like We're planning the show as well. Like Yeah, it was... Uh, I saw Remus. I was just like, man, how about that? The day I'm coming on their show, he's saying radio's dead. Like, unbelievable. Do you not realize that for prizing right now on our station, we're giving away my previously viewed DVDs and opportunities to shake our hands and $100 of my own money? Yes. We are. Every day, you know, like we have one of those needles that you can jam into your heart to keep you going. That's us every morning on AM radio in Edmonton. It's just like, oh, okay, let's go four more hours. So it's. Uh, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're grinding, man. Let's see. Well, Let's see how it goes. I will say this um, for many of our listeners that don't have a sports station here in Winnipeg to listen to. Um, you have coined them the Hustlerites. There is Hustlerites. a big crew of people that have come by. And if you haven't, you know, just click on the app, head on over to Edmonton 1260, because I will say this and not just because you're a friend and we do the show together. Um, it's just phenomenal entertainment. It is as fun as any show is. And I will say this, take it from me. You guys will be fine no matter what happens to this industry, because the entertainment that you put up, people are going to want to see, not to mention your growing profile. It's one of the new voices of Canadian <laughs> football on TSN. Look, man, I just want a Dairy Queen deal. You bring me in and I'm looking at these blizzards and I think it's like Miracle Treat Day or something because they get, they dropped off. Hey, you think AM radio is dead? We got blizzards dropped off for us this morning. All right, no big deal. Except they were the Oreo blizzard, which is by far my least favorite, to be honest with you. Cookie dough is the, uh, cookie dough is the way to go. Really, you know what? You just reminded me of this and it is not just Miracle Treat Day in Winnipeg. It's also... Miracle Treat Day here in Winnipeg. I was remiss. I was mixing up the days uh, today. Folks, if you can, uh, you never need a good excuse to get a blizzard, but uh, all locations of Dairy Queen, not just the four Nick and Nicky DQs, uh, blizzards today supporting the kids. All proceeds of blizzards today go to the Children's Miracle Network. So uh, let's do that. I'll be. We're going to hit Little Brown Jug afterwards and maybe before the football game tonight, 
get a blizzard that will either be consumed beforehand or maybe when I come back and I go, oh yeah, I got a blizzard in the freezer. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyways, Miracle Treat Day, all the DQs today. I'm glad you reminded me about that, Dusty, because uh, great sponsors of ours, but I love those dates where, you know, Tim Hortons does the camp day, McDonald's does McHappy Day, DQ does McMiracle Treat Day, and uh, and every day right now for you guys is Crack Pack Day. Now, Tim yes, Hortons isn't right. a sponsor of ours. They probably should be. Um, the excitement of you guys opening packs of hockey cards on the air today was amazing, and it inspired Michael Remus. Remus has some ready to go for the end of the show as well. What? Oh, I'm so jealous right now. I you should have told. I would have brought some more home. I've uh, I've done. I did 20 packs on the show yesterday. 10 packs today. You should have seen our inbox yesterday on the show. People are texting in. They're like, Dusty, I just went by my regular Tim Hortons. They said the uh, the manager isn't in yet. They can't release the cards. I'm losing my mind. I was like, Don't worry. I had one guy text in and say all of you adults are spending too much on these and now my kid can't get any they said they're sold out i said they're not sold out they just released them this morning so it's been a while one guy texted in and said uh, i just watched a guy ahead of me in line spend 630 dollars on hockey cards at tim hortons and i was just like my god and you know the weird thing is is they don't sponsor my show either and they should because i guarantee there is no city in this country that <laughs> will sell more hockey cards than Edmonton, man. We love it. <laughs> yeah, and all before 10 a.m., because yes, they're exactly. being they're being struck in by you and, and, and Lieutenant Eric. And I'll say this much just on the hockey card topic. Last year, so I was off the air at the time. I got out of hospital, was sitting around with nothing to do. You were always talking about these cards. I had nothing to do. Yeah. I was gonna go get some. Well, that was when we went into code red. And you couldn't go into the restaurants. The only reason I have the Tim Hortons app was because I had to, I couldn't go in to pick it up, even though they were open, because it wasn't an essential good. So I had to download the app, stand outside, put in my <laughs> order on the app, and then go in. Hi, I'm here to pick up my crack packs. And uh, so... Anyways, I love great. it, man. We got a logo. We got everything. It's it's fun. It's <laughs> Patrolman Pete. Nobody loves hockey cards and 50-50s like Edmonton. Ain't that the truth, <laughs> That's Pete? That's true. Hey, just quickly on that, um, w give us some tips. What what are what, if we're getting these cards this year? What what are we looking for? I mean, last year there was like some special signed cards or some pretty cool ones that were very rare, and then they had the uh, the triple where you had like the three guys from each team. Those yeah. are a little bit more rare. What, what are we looking for when we're cracking these packs? Yeah, basically the, uh, the equivalent this year of the, uh, yeah, the triple, the triple, whatever, triple threat or whatever it was last year is called a uh, hockey hero. Same style, same style of card. It's got that sort of weird sort of shine to it. Pulled one this morning. Actually, I got a Nathan McKinnon. They're pretty rare, though. Like I said, I've only I've opened up 30 packs and I've only got one so far. But then like last year, I mean, I don't know how many packs I would have opened last year, but there's redemption cards that you can get in there and then they'll send it or you'll send it away and you'll get another card that gets sent in. So, um, you know, last year, those those trio cards. I mean, they were going for like 25, 30, 40, 50, 60 bucks a pop, depending on the team. So there is a little bit of value in, in, in some of these cards. And if you can put together that whole trio set, I think I'm still missing like two from last year. I'll have to get it completed, but that'll hold some value for sure.
No doubt about it. Now, Arthur Bignall, who's a fan of the program and a good friend of ours here, he actually pulled one of those signs, the Shifley Redemption. No uh, way. Was, yeah, he, he was a all, lucky boy. All, all fired yeah. on about that. Hey, listen, we're having some laughs, but um, you know, I have to talk about the big story today. I know you guys touched on it as well. Yeah. I mean, the ramifications of you know this entire Blackhawks story has been felt throughout the hockey world from National Hockey League, I think, right down to grassroots. Um, and, you know, here in Winnipeg, Obviously, Kevin Sheveldayoff is part of the organization right now. He and Joel Quenville still have to meet. Um, but the tentacles of this are all throughout the league. And yesterday, um, Duncan Keith met the media. And uh, I mean, a lot of talk about what he said, what he didn't say, how truthful he was been. How big of a story is this around uh, around your uh, the, around Edmonton right now? Yeah, I mean, when you've got one of the guys who played on that team in your market, it's obviously going to be um, be a story. And we we talked about it today. Uh, you know, Duncan Keith, he sat there yesterday and took questions for 15 minutes from the media. Um, I thought he handled himself very well. Uh, he said as of yesterday morning that he still didn't know who the player was. So I'm, from what he said, I'm assuming when Kyle Beach sat down with Rick West said yesterday, that was the first Duncan Keith heard of it. That's at least kind of what he led us to believe. Um, I talked about it with... Cassie and Engager on my uh, podcast today, two guys and a goalie. And we, he, you know, I said, is it possible that something's going on in an organization and some guys in the room know about it and some guys don't like, are there things in the room that some guys know and some guys don't? And both, those, both of those guys said, yeah, you know what? He go, there, it is possible that there's some things going on that some guys wouldn't know about. Um, I, I, I think what I've realized out of this is that you pretty much can't trust anybody. I mean, that's essentially what's going on when you've got people in position of power. I think, I think I just saw before I came on, I was looking on Twitter and somebody said John Tortorella made a point where he said that if this was your 20-year-old kid and somebody came to you and said, my 20-year-old kid is, is being abused, how would you have handled it? Right? If somebody came to me and said, if that was my kid, then I would have handled it immediately. But somebody comes to you or the kid himself comes to you and says, hey, this is going on. And you, you don't, you tell everybody else that, you know, don't worry about it. We got this. We're going to handle it. And then you don't. Um, very troubling, man. Stan Bowman, obviously, you know, he already got axed. We'll see what happens as the, the trickle-down effect continues, especially in Florida. But, you know, there's a lot of talk today about the, you know, the Kane and Keith and, and Taves and Quinville and, you know, Chevy. And there's a lot of that discussion. But we have to remember here, the story is Kyle Beach. Kyle Beach is a story, and you don't want this happening again. And I'm sure we're naive to think it won't happen again somewhere, but you hope that in this day and age, you sit there and watch him for 25 minutes in tears from start to finish, and you hope that if somebody's, if first of all, if there are other victims out there, and we know there are, if there are other victims out there and you've been through this, maybe you now feel you know comfortable enough to come out and talk about it. Or if, if you know, like, then you feel like you're in a weird spot, but you think something like this might be happening somewhere else. Maybe you two now feel confident to, to step up or hell reach out to Rick Westhead and, and explain to him. And he, I mean, he, he does an excellent job on these types of stories. So it just, it's frustrating. I mean, as a, as a, as a, a fan of hockey, as a parent of young kids who are just getting into the sport, I just well, think, I, you know what? I'm like, glad you brought that up. really disturbs me. I, I mean, you know what? As a close friend, I mean, I'm always loving the pictures. I mean, knowing your little guy, Marshall, who's finally getting a chance to get on the ice after last year basically being canceled, you know, not having kids, but, you know, having a number of people close to me that have young kids that are getting involved in the sport, 
you know, as a parent, you're, you're like, this must be chilling to hear. And, and I mean, I've been saying this all along. If this can happen to a 20-year-old man on yep. a National Hockey League team in the middle of the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's chilling to think what might be possible at other levels below with the power that many of these adults have over the futures and dreams of young kids. And um, I, I mean... As horrible as this story has been, the courage of Kyle Beach, the work of Rick Westhead, I, I mean, the one thing that I hope is that, you know, there is a full recalibration of how this sport, these teams, people that have grown up in a very different culture, that this needs to change because, um, you know, everything else, whoever, like their cup right now, we'll think, yeah, they're they won the championship. What do people think of when they think of the 2010 Chicago Blackhawks? This, it's not yep, it's not Kane's mystery goal that went in to win the cup. It's Kyle Beach who never even played in the playoffs last year. But was the victim that year was the victim? And uh, I mean, it, it it really is chilling. You know, the the kids thing was interesting because, as you know, Huss, I don't have a lot of free time. So my my boy was on the ice power skating, and I sat down in the stands, and I'm watching him, and I I saw them release the. Uh, the beach video essentially at the time. So I, I clicked on it and I started watching it and I watched about the first three or four minutes and I'm watching my boy and 20 other five, six, seven year olds out there playing. And I shut it off. I was like, I can't watch that right now because you've got like, I, I, and we all hope this, we all hope that, you know, our, our kids are in an environment where they can grow up and feel safe. Right. The last thing I would want is for my kid or any other kid to have to go to a junior hockey team. And there's some pervert that works there that's going to try to take advantage of them because they know they're a kid and he's in a position of power. And for the most part, I mean, everybody I've met so far in the last couple of years around hockey, it all seems great. I'm sure 95, 96, 97 percent of people in the game have great intentions. But just like every other aspect of life, there's going to be some bad apples along the way. And what you need to do is identify who those people are. Don't protect them in any any way, shape, or form. Like if you're Quenville, and I'll be very interested to see how Gary Bettman handles this, because according to the story, he was in the meeting, so he knew about it, and then he still wrote a recommendation to this guy for this guy, so that and knowing knowing what he had done, finishing up. The congratulations yeah, yes. on winning the Stanley Cup. How in the world can you write a recommendation for this guy to go and work somewhere else? You can't. And then to still lie about it up until early in this week. Like, that's why I think he's 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 probably in the hottest of waters right now as far as the trickle down effect goes. So I just I just I, I want the sport to be a place where everybody can feel safe. And at the junior level, we've seen that it hasn't been the case at the national hockey league level. Like you said, the highest of levels. <laughs> this happens to. A, and you know what? He, he was a young man. But, but these guys are all still kids. I mean, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. I know 40-year-old me has a huge different view on things than a 22-year-old Dustin is and the way that a 22-year-old Dustin would have acted in certain situations. So, I mean, those those guys need guidance just as much as anyone else. Um, you know, it, very, very well said. And I mean, I, I didn't want to ignore that. I mean, it's something that we have to talk yeah. about. And you've got a really interesting perspective. And being in Edmonton, that was a huge story yesterday. Um, there was also a hockey game last night. And again, a lot of these games are somewhat secondary right now to the story. I kind of watched the games last night. But I, as I said to people at the beginning of the show, I was sort of in a trance for about three hours after watching that. I mean, I was online. I was reading more stories. I was very quiet. I mean, I was I was shaken by it. And, and again, I'm not a parent. 
I'm not involved in the sport other than BSing about it with guys like you on this program. Um, but this is incredibly serious. And and I'll tell you what, dude, just one more thing on this. Yeah. I mean, the Quenville, Shovel Day Off, uh, other, the players, they're going to be answering. But the other thing that came out of yesterday that I think what that caught me the most off guard was the fact that he went to the National Hockey League Players Association. Yep. And Donald Fear, I'm not sure whether this was timed perfectly for them or what. He put out a statement at midnight last night um, saying that, you know, they apologize for him the way that it's gone. I really wonder, I mean, this just seems like it's such a seismic event that you wonder if this has ripple effects in the NHLPA. And to be honest, the more I think about it, I, I, I do wonder how much people in the NHL office knew. Um, there's a lot of talk about the way the NFL's handled the Washington football team situation and the emails that came out that sunk John Gruden and the other ones that are seemingly not being released, apparently to protect the, the people within the organization, which is BS. We've heard so many of those people speak out saying, no, we want this out there right yeah. now. Um, but I, I, I really wonder about, you know, uh, about Gary Bettman, Bill Daly, um, you know, what they knew um, and what was done, if anything, throughout. I'm not accusing anything, but I think these mm -hmm. are also questions that need to be asked. I mean, as bad as this was with the Blackhawks, this is 11 years ago. So many people knew about this. I have a hard time believe that they're believing, particularly when we know that he literally went to the PA, that that wouldn't get back to the other side. And I think there's a lot of people that sort of need to answer for their role, their actions, or lack thereof over the course of the last decade. Anytime anything like this or any other, and we've seen a lot of different storylines and guys getting into trouble in the National Football League, and every time something pops up, even the Washington story right now, people are calling for Roger Goodell's head. Like it always falls on the commissioner in the National Football League. And so far, I mean, as far as, you know, the mainstream media goes, Gary Bettman really hasn't come up that much just yet outside of allowing Quenville to be on the bench last night when he easily could have put in a phone call and said, hey, man, like you're going to meet with me on Saturday. Let's just let's just keep you out of the spotlight for now. So uh, epic fail on the National Hockey League's front in, in that aspect of it. Um, and yeah, yeah, the player, I mean, what's the role of the players association to look after your players? If you hear that one of your members is being assaulted by his video coach, then you run that thing up the ladder and you get it taken care of because you can't just think, oh, the team will take care of it. It's a team issue. Your job as a union is to protect your members. That's how every union has worked in the history of unions. And they failed to do it there. And I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I would think if, if Donald Fear knew of this and is he keep it hidden from Gary Bettman? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. But whenever there's a black eye like this on a National Hockey League, as the guy who runs the league, you need to take some responsibility for it. Simple enough. It's the culture of your league. You need to own it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Dustin Nielsen's with us. I, I did. Owen Catelli said, you need to name drop Dustin Nielsen because if I was listening on Spotify or Apple, I think you were talking to <laughs> Seth Rogen. I, I'm not sure. Maybe you've got a, very, a voice. I don't, I don't mind that. I like Seth Rogen. I look like <laughs> Seth Rogen. It's okay. <laughs> um, great start for the Oilers. Um, finally lost one last night. Uh, it wasn't a great night for Koskinen, and I guess Mike Smith's up for it. But like, as Remus said beforehand, you know, don't really worry about the goaltending, the defense. As long as 97 is out there doing what he's doing, uh, the team's in pretty good. Pretty awesome start. And I imagine quite exciting 
for the fans. It's been quite upbeat on the Nielsen show as of late. A far cry to the aftermath of the four-game sweep by the Winnipeg Jets <laughs> earlier. Oh, just wanted, just wanted to just wanted That's why I'm here. I see how this works. Radio is dead and the Jets swept the Oilers. Well, <laughs> talk to you later. Um, look, you know, I heard Remus say, you know, you just keep betting on McDavid. You get McDavid out there. Well, I missed on a McDavid bet last night, if you can believe it. I had him at over two and a half points at plus 260. <laughs> and he came this close. He got stopped point blank a couple of times. He finished with two points. He's got six multi-point games to start the season. You know what's the crazy thing is, Huss? And um, yeah, Koskinen, I mean, last night's game, Koskinen was brutal. Carter Hart made some big saves on some of the big Oilers and the Flyers ended up winning that game. I don't think they're a bad hockey team. I thought that was, actually, I thought the Oilers might lose that game. I said it uh, on one of my yeah, podcasts. I did. Over the yeah, that was yeah. when Gazzola said they were going to win yeah. the first 11 yeah, or 12 games of the season. And I said, I think a they might lose conservative the conservative estimate. I'm thinking mid-November <laughs> for their first yeah, loss. Yeah, exactly. But um, the, the weird thing is with McDavid and, you know, as uh, cool bet reps like ourselves, McDavid over one and a half points was like minus 167 last night. <laughs> minus 167 for two points. That's why I bet him for three because it got me up to plus 260. I was like, how ridiculous is this guy that it's minus 167 for two points? Not one, <laughs> but two. You watch him play, man. I, I The power play last night was one for four, and we're acting like it went 0 for 9 in this city. You're like, what's wrong <laughs> with the power play? And they had full control last night on the power play. Carter Hart just made some saves. Um, their power play is all-time good. Like, it's ridiculous. And uh, they've got some depth this year. So Koskinen is usually good for one or two. This was his third start in a row. Probably should have seen it coming. He was atrocious last night. And we'll see what happens. They play Saturday against Vancouver. Then they get uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday next week. So hopefully Mike Smith's ready to take a couple of those games. Dustin Nielsen's with us. Not only a great friend of ours, my partner on the lock shop, but one of the voices of the Canadian Football League. You've been killing it all year long. You've been doing a lot of bomber games, which uh, has Lots been fun. Lots of bomber games. I mean, speaking, just bringing the CFL and the betting together, I, I still am laughing over the fact that the Bombers were able to shut out an opponent <laughs> and hit the over themselves last week. I mean, you were in the booth calling it on TSN. Um, it, it they don't seem to be like they seem to be getting better and better every game if that's possible. And the gap right now, Dusty, from the top of the CFL to number two in the rest seems to almost be growing by the week. Yeah, it did. It is. I mean, with the way they're playing and the teams that they're knocking off and really not. I mean, I, for some re weird reason, the Elks have been able to challenge them a little bit twice. But um, for the most part, they are they are dominating teams. And uh, like it's weird because when you have one team that's so darn good in a league, Sometimes that's not great for the league, but I think this one is different. I think this is an exception to the rule because you've got a pretty good chunk of teams, like five or six teams below them in the standings that are good enough, I think, to beat them, you know, maybe two or three out of 10 times. Like, I, th I think that it could happen. I don't know how it happens. To be honest with you, I think the only way or whoever, if somebody does knock off the Bombers at some point, you're going to have to find a way to hit Zach Kolaris. And they have managed to keep him upright for the most part this season. His offensive line has done a phenomenal job. And when you give him time with the weapons that he has and whoever's at running back in the defense, you know, they're just going to find a way to get it done. So I, I do think that there's this sort of fun, you know, who's going to emerge from this pack to be the team that tries to take down the big bad bombers and stop an all time great defensive season. And so I, I, I like the fact that there's this powerhouse in the league this year and everybody else is gunning for him. I think that's great.
It, it, uh, it really is. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun. They've got the bye week this week, a couple games against Montreal. And I guess the biggest question around here is you know, how Mike O'Shea handles the, the, you know, the, the lineup. Does he play these guys, you know, right through to the end, still a lot of football to be left and a long time until that December 5th game. So that'll be something we're following. Uh, you in the booth this weekend on TSN? Uh, yeah, I'm just in town here this weekend. I got the uh, Thai cats and Elks on Friday. And then next week, I got the Elks here Friday night, and then I'm off to Winnipeg again to do that game next Saturday. So looking forward to being back in Winnipeg. That's right. Well, I'll look forward to see you here. And, of course, uh, tomorrow we've got a big show to do. Usually I'll get to – I'll start really focusing in on the picks for Friday's show, you know, on Thursday while we're doing the Thursday nighter. Ever since we finished the Tuesday show with the Thursday nighter, <laughs> I've been obsessed with these lines. What was the number for our circa picks in the last four weeks? 16, three and one. Like, right? Come on. We got to keep this going. We got to keep this going. If Have we, we go made it this one or five and oh this week, buddy. Like we are, we're in the thick of it. <laughs> But, uh, have we made a decision on whether Coolbet Chris is back in on the partner parlay after we said if we went 5-0, and he's out and went 5-0? I, we, I think what we do is we bring him in, and he's flying back from Estonia today, I believe. But uh, oh. we, we bring him in, we let him contribute, and then at the end we say... Thanks for the support, Chris, but here's our five picks. Yeah, I think we just lay it out. Like, <laughs> it's already done. Thanks for your input, but we're going with our five picks. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, folks, at noon our time, 11 in Edmonton on Dustin. And by the way, if you're not following Dusty already, you certainly should be. He's got tons of other great content, fantasy football, two guys in a goalie pod. It's all there at Nielsen TSN 1260. We'll go live tomorrow around noon leading into Winnipeg Sports Talk, and uh, we'll be all over NFL Week 8 picks and hopefully keep this heater going. A dude, always love chatting with you. Have a good one. Say hi to LTE. He's the man. I, I will for sure. We'll be on uh, radio again. Uh, actually, I'm off tomorrow. So he'll be on. Poor sucker. <laughs> Talk to you later, man. <laughs> right on. There he is, Dustin Nielsen. Uh, and of course, he'll be on uh, TV tomorrow calling the Elks and Tie Cats on TSN. Then he'll be back here in Winnipeg calling the Blue Bombers and Alouettes on Saturday for the program. Um, all right. Couple things to get to before three o'clock. Don't forget. Uh, right after, if you're with us live on YouTube, as soon as we're finished, head on over, check out Kenny and Rennie. Very interested to hear what Frank Saravelli's got to say about this entire situation. And uh, Jim Houston as well. A couple great guests for the guys for uh, the weekly show uh, coming up. Remo, lots of things to get to uh, before we finish up. Um, and a number of the things that we've talked about. Um, just wrapping some of the latest news on the Kyle Beach story. Um, We mentioned Joel Quenville coaching last night for the Florida Panthers did not address the media after the game. Bill Zito did the general manager um, and was asked whether Joel Quenville would continue as coach and didn't answer and walked away. Thanked everyone for being there. Um, So I think still a lot up in the air when it comes to Quenville's situation. Of course, we'll find out more about Kevin Chevalier's future with the Winnipeg Jets after the meeting with Commissioner Gary Bettman on Monday. Don Fair admitted late last night in a tweet that came out at about midnight that the union failed Kyle Beach. I'm sure there's much more to hear from that. And as we speak right now, Reem, Joel Quenville, I'm not sure how long the meeting is, but it started at 2 o'clock Eastern, finishing up. And uh, I'd imagine we'll find out something about Joel Quenville's future in the very near, in, you know, very shortly, I would think, um, after he met with the commissioner today and these first of the meetings that were planned coming out of the investigation. 
Yeah, and I got to be honest, like that was pretty, you know, part of your duty as a head coach is answer questions from media after the game. If you're not prepared to answer questions, maybe maybe you should sit out that game and wait for uh, wait for things to to play out. That was, I mean, it was hard to see him think that he could be behind a bench after watching the interview. The timing couldn't have been um, been more. Just the optics were, were pretty rough. So we'll wait and see what happens. Andrew Ladd, thanks for people in chat. Andrew Ladd has a statement out. He was on the 2010 Blackhawks team, Huss, and this is via Craig Morgan, who does a great job covering uh, the Coyotes. But yes, Andrew Ladd's still in the league playing on the Coyotes. And he said, there are no words that can do justice to the pain and suffering Kyle has gone through over the past 11 years. My hope is that the courage he has shown throughout this process will help other victims going forward. And it shines a light on the shortcomings we have in the hockey community that we must improve upon. Opportunity for everyone within the game to learn, grow, do everything within our power to ensure we create a safe and supportive environment for all involved. And I look forward to being part of that process. And then he adds... With regard to the incident, I cooperated with the investigation. I had no knowledge about what happened to Kyle during my time with the Blackhawks. I realize it's within reason to think all players may have known, but I can assure you I was never informed or overheard any discussions about the incident during the playoffs that year. And that's Andrew Ladd putting a statement through uh, Craig Morgan, a uh, Coyotes reporter with um, Phoenix Sports. Yeah, and and again, I mentioned this before. Brent Sopo has been quite out uh, outspoken. Um, you know, the timeline of when everyone knew, I think, is still somewhat up in the air. Certainly, some people say shortly afterwards, everybody knew. That's what Brent Sopel said. Um, but Sopel, Lad, and Buff were all traded shortly after winning the Stanley Cup. All the big celebrations which included Bradley Aldridge, and then they were members of the Thrashers and then became inaugural members of the Winnipeg Jets 2.0. Great news, though, for a little bit of Manitoba hockey. I mean, there's been a lot of bad news, a lot of really tough news lately. How about Zach Whitecloud? MJHL product gets a six-year extension with the Golden Knights. And I'll tell you what, I think this is going to turn into a hell of a value deal for the Golden Knights. Um, But Zach Whitecloud, $2.75 million for the next six seasons. He's signed through 27-28. And uh, remember when, you know, he was, you know, coming, he signed out of, I don't believe he was drafted. He signed out of college. Um, and just a great, great story for a young man that, you know, worked his ass off and, you know, made it to the National Hockey League. Um, and now it's going to be part of VGK for the next six years. Another part of the uh, growing Manitoba contingent down in Sin City. Yeah, AAV 2.75 million seems, I agree, value deal. And if you think he can contribute and maybe be like a, you know, bottom to middle pair D for you. Uh, this could be it could be valid, but great for Zach Whitecloud, financial security, as you said. I mean, was he undrafted? I remember he was on. We saw his name on Team Canada at the Olympics in Pyeongchang, and we really weren't familiar with him then. But saw he was from Manitoba, and was an interesting story. And as you said, just another one of those Manitobans on as part of the Golden Knights organization. It's it's wild how many how many are over there. Um, not just on well, the ice, too, in, in the front office and well, in the media. Sh- well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Kelly McCrimmon, of course, and you got, yeah. you know, our Gary. knucklehead buddies, Lawless and Nighty and Dar- uh, Darren, Darren Millard. Millard's with the club as well. Uh, but uh, just uh, the MJHL putting out a piece, um, just how proud they are. The uh, veteran of the Verdon Oil Capitals, who then went to, I believe, Bemidji State, 
And uh, and now six years with the Vegas Golden Knights. Heck of a great story. Speaking of great hockey stories here in Manitoba, how about the ice? 11 wins in a row. Took out the Calgary Hitmen last night. This team, they might never lose, Reem. 11 on the season, and now they go to Edmonton trying to make it an even dozen coming out of the gate to start the year. Yes. Hold on, sorry. Someone... Someone tweeted at me just now. I got distracted. That my my math is off when I said radio radio is dead. I guess the guys guys never heard of uh, hyperbole and self promotion. So <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying about the ice? I mean, they're pretty awesome. It, it's 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 great to see. I saw they're like up there, number two on the on the on the thing. CHL. So, sorry, I'm, I'm having a, put, a good put laugh. Put the blinders on. I'm I'm having a good laugh. I th- you know I got distracted. I'm by my by my. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. Some guys, as t- long as you're not kicking over the computer, hey, cutting out the well, internet feed. Hey, it's the first in two days that we haven't had an outage. We didn't have any programs crash. Fingers crossed. We didn't have anyone trying to take down our internet. Uh, it's everything's been working. I didn't. I my foot rest has been the appropriate location. Here, should I throw up this tweet? Us, I love uh, here. Sure. This guy, his math seems to be off. The number one radio station averages 30,000 listeners a day, multiplied by 30 days, by eight months. Seems he has a ways to go before the statement is true. Hey, Brent. Every, well, okay, we won't even get <laughs> yeah, into this. Yeah, I don't, I, don't so. <laughs> I don't need to. I said my response. I, I said, I guess he's never heard of hyperbole and self-promotion. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't need to, I don't need to respond. I don't respond to this. We're having fun. We're having fun here. We're having fun. Uh, yeah, we are. We are having a little bit of fun. It has been a serious few days on yeah, the program. That's, that's and we've true. had to talk about this, but um, that was an epic quote from Remus. We had some great fun. And honestly, uh, Dustin is, is such a good dude. That was as fun of a conversation as we've had. Because usually we're focusing on one thing. Yeah. We hit a lot of topics, and um, he's great. And I know Sandy was asking, uh, you know, can you get that on your AM dial? Well, obviously not here because of the, the distance mm. the signal would have to travel. But it's real simple. I mean, you can go to tsn.ca if you want to do it on your computer. The easiest way, what I do, I just have the TSN app on the phone. There's a listen area. Um, I, I think that it's been updated. The Winnipeg 1290 doesn't exist. The Vancouver 1040 doesn't exist. The Hamilton 1150 doesn't exist. But Edmonton 1260 still does exist. So, uh, yeah, any time in the morning, you can just hit that on. Dusty and LTE have uh, as fun and entertaining a morning show as I've ever heard, to be honest. Um, and, you know, certainly they're focusing more on Edmonton stuff, uh, but there's a lot of other nonsense frivolity that um, that you will enjoy, I'm sure. And it certainly is all sports content. And uh, But there were never any better shows than the aftermath of the Jets sweep. Um, I was hoping, Remo, last night that I'd be able to tune into some Leaf Post games talking about a loss. Same. They pulled one out of the fire last night. Did not deserve to win that game. Sort of similar to maybe the Jets in the game against Anaheim earlier this week, but a very different situation going in. I'm not sure their problems are solved right now, but uh, a lot of people didn't want to see the Blackhawks win the game anyways. Uh, although I'm sort of feeling for the players that are left on the Blackhawks right now. Uh, what a terrible situation to be in, a cloud around the organization. Everyone else is gone. It's certainly not on the players right now that are wearing that Blackhawks jersey, but there's a lot of baggage that's being carried by that organization. Uh, they played their asses off last night and probably deserved a better fate, but the Leafs got a very important two points to get off the uh, off the schneid. Yeah, I mean, they were down, and we joked, you know, the Blackhawks haven't led all season, so of course they're going to come out and score the first goal, and they did, and they had a 2 nothing lead. Credit to the Leafs. I, I was kind of looking forward to um, 
to, you know, what the Leaf reaction was going to be. I mean, by all accounts, yes, they're out shooting everyone. They're playing well. Uh, puck luck just isn't going, going their way. But that really isn't good enough for Leaf fans who feel they're seeing the same thing over and over again, much like uh, a couple Jets fans were saying when the Jets started out, what, 0-2-1, I believe. So, yeah. so I, it was kind of a in- interesting, but good for good for the Leafs. So we'll keep an eye. I mean, there was a national game. I, I was watching the end end of that and uh tune into the Oilers game as well. So um yeah, it was it was a decent uh, Wednesday night. Is that still like the national game night? I'm not sure. Yeah, well they did do um well, I mean the Leaf game was on. I mean the World Series was on last night. I guess that's one thing that we didn't yeah, really talk about I, the Astros. I I'd like to not focus on anything good for the Houston Astros, but the series is tied at 1-1. Uh, as it heads back to Atlanta after uh, the Braves mm-hmm. stole home field advantage, a winning game number one on the road. And, uh, oh, Darb, your Remus, I want your hat. I need something to cover my weed jar. <laughs> Great show. Hey, Darb, thanks again for that. You know, folks, I believe we do have a few more. There's Everything's sold out at Royal, but we do have a couple more remaining that you can pick up in Winnipeg um, for that, as well as these, the hoodies. And more, it's all over at Winnipeg Sports Talk. You can see, just click on the store. Um, and yeah, we've got the hats that, that are remaining. We've only got a couple. We had a very limited amount available. Um, but the T-shirts, hoodies, baby stuff, that sort of thing, um, they'll get it done up one off and get it out to you right away. So it's all there at winnipegsportstalk.com. Uh, and just hit the store account. Um, folks, thanks so much. This has been an awesome show today. Uh, I appreciate Ken coming on, and uh, I do want to get out right now because in one minute, Kenny and Rennie are going to be going live. So um, we'll get out. Tomorrow we'll have a big show. Uh, Murata Tesh is going to join us. We'll certainly get Murat's thoughts on uh, everything going on around the Winnipeg Jets this week on the ice and off the ice. Always appreciate Murat's time. Uh, may have to place a call to Hacksaw to get ready for the NFL weekend. And Hacksaw, I'm sure, will have some takes on what's been happening in the NHL as well, albeit from Southern California. Um, and we'll also have the latest in the CFL heading into the weekend. Uh, but enjoy the game tonight. Great sports night. We've got the uh, Packers and Cardinals to get things going. And then a late night game on the West Coast between the Winnipeg Jets and the Los Angeles Kings with Eric Conry making his first start of the year for the Winnipeg Jets. Tomorrow, we'll get it all around. And, of course, don't forget, right about this exact time in 24 hours, another Canadian club marble race to finish off the week. Uh, We've got one of the branded hoodies along with CC to give away, and I love Rye Package and more. So make sure to join us on Friday. If you haven't already, folks, hit that thumbs up before you leave. Please make sure you've already subscribed. It's very simple. It's free. Just hit that red subscribe button on YouTube and make sure to join us tomorrow. And, uh, do us a favor. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. Always like to have more Winnipeg sports fans joining us every day here on YouTube and on the podcast on the ride home. Thanks again to all of our sponsors, including Not Auto Corp, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group. Don't forget, it's DQ Miracle Treat Day today. Treat yourself to a blizzard and help a great cause. Canadian Club. Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, where we're actually heading to very shortly, Princess Auto, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, and the water experts in Winnipeg for 65 years, Culligan Water, and Cool Bet Canada. You can get your bets in for tonight's action at coolbet.com and use the promo code WST. Kenny and Rennie, coming up now, head on over to their YouTube channel, enjoy the program, and we'll see you in 22 hours right back here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Thanks for being with us. And have a great night. Oh, my God.
Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.